0: Hey, everyone. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 26 of the I Gotta Ask podcast. Whether you're a returning listener or joining us for the first time, know that I appreciate each and every person that tunes into this thing. I love recording and working on these episodes, and it really means the world to me that people uh, are actually listening to them. I'm always amazed when I check the analytics and see all the different countries and cities that you guys are tuning in from from around the world. So sincerely, thank you all so much for being along uh, on this ride with me. Um, if you are new here, this is a podcast where I just have cool talks with cool people that I think are doing cool things. Uh, that's that's all I ever say about the show. It's the only label I put on it. Uh, and with that said, I have had a lot of musicians on, but that's because I'm big into music and punk music specifically. Uh, but I'm also fascinated by people who take a bit of a leap and are able to break out of the regular like nine to five type work or jobs and start making a living doing something that they actually love. And my guest on this one has done just that. His name is Simeon Meyer, and Simeon owns and operates Stupid Rad Merch Co. If you're not familiar with Stupid Rad, they produce some of the best band merch around, in my opinion. And uh, they also have a line of their own gear, which has a bunch of original, awesome designs. Most of their stuff has this character Scully on it, who is this kind of like fun-loving, party-animal, zombie-esque skull dude that is all about having a good time. And in Simeon's own words, it kind of mirrors his, his personality. So uh, I think that's completely awesome. And I, Scully is one of my favorite uh, designs on their merch. So uh, definitely be getting more. Uh, Simeon and his team also uh, operate web stores for a bunch of bands they are currently working with, and they do a fantastic job of that as well. My my first exposure to their website was actually through one of those web stores to order a shirt from one of my favorite bands, but I quickly fell in love with with his gear, like I said, and now I've got a bunch of it for, for both myself and my wife, and uh, like I said, I'll definitely be getting more, so you guys should too. Um, Simeon was uh, such a fun dude to speak with. We hit it off real quick and got into some of Simeon's personal history, like where he grew up what it was like growing up Seventh-day Adventist, how he found punk and got into the scene, what his first punk show was like. And we also talked about Stupid Rad, obviously, and how that all got started and what's all involved with running the business day to day. And then we just chatted about a bunch of other random stuff too, like parenting, traveling, wanting to move to nicer climates away from our colder climates that we currently live in, and just a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So you can find Stupid Rad Merch Co. on Facebook and on Instagram. The Instagram handle is at stupid underscore rad. And of course, you can find the online store by visiting www.stupidradmerch.com. Simeon and I recorded this conversation more than two months ago, but I uh, have still been insanely busy with work and other general life stuff, and it's eaten up a lot of time that I could have otherwise been working on the podcast. So because I I didn't do anything with this episode for such a long time, I'd forgotten a lot of what Simeon and I had discussed, Um, and I knew that we had had a great time speaking but uh, listening back during the editing was super fun for me on this one and it really had me smiling a bunch at so many uh, different points throughout the playback so I hope you guys enjoy listening to the episode as much as I did uh, editing it and let's wrap up this intro so you can get started doing just that uh, but before I roll the intro music and get you guys into the conversation I just want to remind you to please like share and subscribe wherever you listen to this thing it's the easiest way to support me and and you know give me some some uh, encouragement to keep doing this thing so uh, and if you don't already, please follow the show's Facebook and Instagram pages, which you can find by simply searching for the show's title on those platforms. And give my personal Instagram a follow, too, if you wouldn't mind, which is uh, at uh, Old Surly, which is spelled at O L underscore S U R L Y. And that's it, guys. Um, please enjoy my conversation with Simeon Meyer of Stupid Rad Merch Co. Hey,
1: what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Simeon Meyer with at Merchandise Company. Uh, You're listening to I Gotta Ask Podcast. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Have you seen my videos, there's not <laughs> much there. I. I, I <laughs> I'm pretty much an open book, dude. <laughs> I, I just. It's what it is,
0: yeah, you yeah. know, I hear ya, I hear ya, um, all right, so let's get started, man. Simeon Meyer, am I saying cool. that correct?
1: yeah, Simeon, you got it, usually it's Simon, so you got it, thank you, you get, you well, get Well, that's a what I thought for that.
0: that's why I asked because I was like I- is it is it an alternate spelling of Simon? I've never met anyone named Simeon, so I wasn't sure. I wanted to ask ahead of time
1: yeah, it's it's Simeon. It was yeah. like my grandfather's name and his dad's name, and his dad's name, wow, was, he was born on like Saint Simeon Day, which is ah. uh, catholic saint yeah yeah so um yeah so that's how that name came about and my son's name now so oh it nice the generation yeah skip the generation when my grandpa didn't have any sons but my mom passed it on so cool yeah, yeah um pretty are, cool did you and grow my, up Catholic? My bro- no no i grew up seventh day adventist ah okay I'm not sure if you know what that is yeah 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 totally there was a there was an offshoot of seventh day adventist which was um the Seventh Day Adventist, of Branch Davidian, which was ran by David Fores in Waco, Texas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Is that <laughs> that was the religion that they were like? That, yeah, that
1: they kind of like based it after ah. he was. He was like a from that religion, and then went on to start his own.
0: Yeah, I uh... <laughs> my old lady worked with a girl that was Seventh Day Adventist, and it was like. And we loved her. Her name was Ruth Ann. She was a she was a great girl. But she had Sounds like an SDA like name. Yeah, but there was all these crazy rules. Like she couldn't come out with us on like I forget what day it was, Sunday or something like that. She couldn't come out with Friday, us. Friday,
1: Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. There we go. Sabbath. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it has a lot of like the the um like Jewish religion um, beliefs. Oh, really? And like New Christian beliefs. Yeah, like we followed the Old Testament and the New Testament. So it was a lot of the stuff like the um, Jewish religion followed, like you can't eat pork. You can't eat like um, bottom feeders from the sea. Yeah. yeah. You can't eat, you know, all, all stuff like that. You can't, if you can't, you're not supposed to do anything that does not glorify God. So you right. can't like dance. You can't listen to music. So I, I remember I borrowed a Simpsons sing the blues CD from somebody and my parents found it, dude. And that was, Oh, no. I, I got in trouble, man, for a Simpsons Sing the Blues CD. No shit! Yep. My first CD I ever bought was Ace of Base, and I had to hide that <laughs> even. I mean, how bad is it when you have to hide an Ace of Base <laughs> CD? I, I,
0: I didn't want to shit on Ace of Base in case you're still a fan, but <laughs> I that, mean, is, that is an unusual <laughs> one to hide. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. It, it, it's a pretty sad situation. Yeah
0: organized religion like i like i grew up catholic and and i'm i'm not anymore like I, I don't say i'm atheist like i'm not it's not that i don't believe in anything you know something this shit feels way too random to not have something behind it you know but uh, you know i definitely don't subscribe to any organized religions but th- they're very fascinating to me all these little offshoots and not little oh, offshoots yeah. but these these branches of these religions and how they take you know the the basic rules and they all kind of share the same but they all have some these wildly different you know structures yeah. around them you yeah? know,
1: very much so and you know it i i hate to say it but my my parents like got divorced when i was 14 and that's probably the best thing
2: mm.
1: socially and and uh
3: i mean just for me yeah. to happen because i was actually able to
1: experience stuff that was not church
0: yeah yeah so is, is that when you kind of broke away then? Like so how did that happen? Did you were you like living with your mom or your dad or what what how did that happen?
1: Um so when they got divorced I was living with my mom for the most part um and then I went to a Christian boarding school oh, up wow. in up by Madison, Wisconsin. Did that and uh came back and at that point I went to public school first time ever and that was like my junior year of high school. And it was just like, oh man, this is great. And <laughs> I started getting, I started like getting into trouble and stuff. And my mom had me go live with my dad for a little bit, but he was never around. And I went and, um, at, I turned 18 and I dropped out of school and moved to Madison, Wisconsin.
3: and Did my own thing for a while there. Oh, okay. And
1: yeah, it was, it was, uh, so, so there was no, uh, no business, no business school ever involved with stupid <laughs> rap was i'd actually be making money probably you know (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah um it was it was a just big opening like yeah i started getting into like secular music and everything like that beforehand i remember like me and the pastor's son we would go and like go into the go into like the field by the school by our seventh day having school yeah we'd like listen to nirvana unplugged like each with our own like headphones plugged into the player and that's kind of like where everything started with music and then i remember like you know bmg and like columbia house and my sister would get those and like hide them from my parents oh wow they would you you just get to like pick all these cds and i remember man like offspring smash and green day dookie Yeah, that is where it was like now this is some energetic good music that just makes you you know makes you feel
2: yeah totally
1: yeah that that kind of is where the whole punk rock thing started and um got punkorama one because of that yeah and that is where you're you know back in the day of compilation and that it was just like so awesome to like hear new music and new music and i find as older i get music is much more tangible and you can Get your hands on it much easier, but it's yeah. a lot harder for me for whatever reason to like find new bands. I think maybe because I'm 40 and stuck in my old habits now.
0: Me too. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm dealing with the same thing. And it's so funny you talk about those compilations and finding finding punk in that way because that was exactly kind of the the same arc. And a lot of people I talk to around, like I'm, I just turned 40, you just said you're 40. Uh, yeah. A lot of people around our age that I, that I talk to, we all have had the same experience. Like we came across some CD, like like Green Day Dookie or like Offspring Smash, and then that leads you maybe to some compilations. Like, for me, it was the Fat Wreck compilations. I, was, I loved those growing up. Oh, man. Up. You yeah. Know, they were just amazing, and it exposed you to so many different punk bands that you would otherwise maybe not ever hear because the music store doesn't have their CD there unless you order it in, right? Um yep. Now, I was lucky yeah, at the so time.
1: Send
0: a self-addressed stamped envelope yeah.
1: to... To where the compilation was from, and then they send you back like a, a catalog
0: of what they yeah, have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And or like it would be sometimes in the CD like jacket, like you you know you'd open it up and the liner notes being there, and there'd be like a little thing that show you all their compilations or all the all the discs for the the bands that were on that compilation, right?
3: Yeah,
0: and, exactly. And HMV up here was the big music store, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been to the mall in fucking forever. But uh, a store like that, a chain like a Canada wide chain they would at least order stuff for you, right? Like if you heard of a band, like I remember ordering the census fail disc. Um, And they had, the guy behind the counter was a friend of mine. And he's like, who like senses, like, like senses, like Census <laughs> fail. I'm like, yeah, he's like, okay, let, let me look that up. And then he ordered it in and that's how I got it. But uh yeah, those compilations were such a fucking door opener, you know?
1: Dude, It was, they were huge. And, and like you said, like the fat records one. So you, you get to like the FF punk o you get into kind of, and I don't want to say like heavier punk or whatever, you know.
2: No, like, but I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, you know, like like the ten foot pole and everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's good, but then like you hear those fat record comps and you hear the bands on them having a little bit more like melodic. Yep. Like and and it's just like man, yeah, those fat those fat comps really turned me on to fat bands.
0: Oh fuck yeah, man. They were like yeah. they were my favorite. I had every single one. As soon as it dropped, it was like, hey, the new fucking fat rec comps out shit and we'd all like race and get it and you know what i mean and just yeah make mixtapes and you know like drive around listening to all these songs it's just that was the soundtrack of of my youth anyway you know
1: they just did the uh repress of what is it i had i had it in my shop right here but um fat music for fat people yeah. was it yeah and i was like dude that's like the first one i owned yeah i had to have it so good yeah yeah so
0: good hey before we get uh too far in i'm gonna forget if i don't tell you I was talking to Mike Conchella today just uh over over uh DM on Instagram and he wanted me to tell you that he misses you that was the that was the message oh, he had for you <laughs> That's awesome yeah dude he's such a good dude awesome dude that's good awesome dude guy, man him and, and Polly I mean I've been like uh I've had Mike on the on the podcast we've we've talked but uh Polly we, we've not gotten a chance to do that yet but she and I have been DMing for a long time like since the the newest bomb pops record dropped. Uh, of course, she's not a part of the, the band anymore, but uh, at the time she was, and, and I just messaged her that night that it dropped, and they were all hanging out at that apartment, and Corona had already busted into full effect, so they were just having a little yep. listening party sort of at, at Mike and Pauly's place, and then, so she and I have been really heavy on the DMs, and then I got talking to him via DM and had him on the show, and now we're all kind of this these weird internet friends, of, <laughs> <laughs>
1: sort of, you know? They are seriously, like, the nicest people. Yeah. Um we we took the rad wagon to California for the last work tour out there. And we did a long road trip and we stayed stayed with them for a couple of nights when we were out there. Yeah. And I I, I don't know what it is, maybe my older age too. Like I I, it's always really uncomfortable for me to like crash at people's places. Like <laughs> yeah. I like my own comfort. Like yeah. get the hotel bed, have yeah. my own room. But man, like staying there, it, it, it felt like I was staying at home. Yeah. They were just so nice. Everything was awesome yeah i love i love those two so much and yeah i was like super stoked to see last night um, i don't know if you saw like the the fat record story or maybe it was fat mike or polly or mm. one of the people at the like fat mike's bonfire yeah thing, yeah i did see that she and, should put and some... i thought polly was there with yeah with everybody and i was like super happy to see that because i i i Polly's is just an amazing person yeah and i always hoped it wouldn't be you know like when you break up with somebody like do you lose half your friends or you yeah know, how does that work And yeah you know yeah it's i'm just yeah. glad to see her out there like with everybody hanging
0: out and having a good time yeah for sure i mean especially it, since she got sober that's awesome too oh fuck jealous, right jealous yeah, totally. yeah well i mean like I, i'm diabetic like she is right and that's why i don't i don't drink anymore just because it's like and, and i don't say I won't say like I don't drink. I just don't drink to get drunk. I might have the odd one here or there. I still like a whiskey every once in a while, like a Jack on the rocks or something yeah. like that, or a, or a rum on the rocks or something. But but I don't drink to get drunk anymore because it's just too fucking hard on your blood sugar, man. It just, it messes with you hard. Oh, and I, I can I can believe it. Yeah. So when I saw that she like had quit drinking, I was like, good, good for her. I mean, she's, I've only been diabetic for 10 years. Um, she's 10 years younger than me. So if I had been diabetic in my 30, in my like, you know, late, tw- well, I was late 20s when I got diagnosed, but through my 20s, there's, I, I don't know if I would have stopped drinking at 30. You know what I mean? Just, you feel invincible yeah. even into that age, you know? It's like, it's yeah. kind of fucked. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you hit 40 and you feel like anything could fucking take you down, dude. Oh, <laughs> like, man. I, I threw
1: my back out two days ago doing nothing. I was literally like walking and just my back. Yeah. Done. I, I, I couldn't work yesterday or the day before. It sucked. Like, cause, cause Mike Muse, who, came and um moved up from indianapolis to milwaukee he came to help me out the shop and he's just went on tour with the Muse. Mm. and it's like by myself and like two days of work where nothing gets done cause yeah it's me and him in the shop and that's all that that's who does the work and yeah yeah it's fucked man both like both of them are
0: I don't know what happens to our bodies. Like like 40 does not seem old to me. Like when I was young, 40 felt like you were a fucking old man if you heard somebody who was 40. But as I approached 40, I went, 40's not so, that doesn't seem so bad. Like I'm 37, 38. I feel great. And then all of a sudden, like, I just feel like I hurt all the time. You talk about throwing your back mm-hmm. out. We walked the dog. There was a little bit of ice. Obviously it's winter here, just like it is in Wisconsin. And I slipped on a little bit of ice and it didn't feel like anything. And same thing. I was fucked for like two days. I could barely like get out of my chair and shit, you know?
1: Yeah. Even if I sleep weird, dude, like on my shoulder, my shoulder, I wake up and I'm like, dude, come on. Do I need a new mattress? What do I need? Like, (laughs) how do I stop? the pain? I know
0: I'm I'm in the same boat, man. It's crazy. Getting old fucking sucks. And, and I, again, I don't feel like 40 is old by today's standards, but it just, why does everything hurt? (laughs) I I
1: mentally am not at 40. No, which I think is a good thing. And uh, what was I watching? I was watching, I was watching King of the Hill. (laughs) And um, Dale, do, do you watch King of the Hill? Oh, yeah, you know, totally! Hill. Dude, I watched all and, the like, episodes. Na- Nancy Gribble, like Dale's wife, yeah, yeah. just turned forty on the news, and she was like super depressed. If I was like, <laughs> when you're young, when you're younger, like in your twenties, watching that, if you would have heard that she was forty, you'd been like, wow, she's old. Yeah. But now you hear she's forty, and like, wait, am I as old as she is? Then, <laughs> like, I I don't feel like I'm as old as Dale Gribble from yeah. King of the Hill. And Homer's like thirty-eight years old or something. <laughs> it's just like, damn it, man.
0: The weird one but for I, me was Seinfeld when I found out how old they were when they were when they filmed those episodes, like those early ones. They were like yeah. wait like mid to late thirties. And they always felt so much older, obviously, because I was yeah, young when exactly. I was watching. And then I'm like, I'm watching back these reruns. I'm like, fuck, they're like the same age that I am right now. That's weird. <laughs> you know? It's yeah, weird. It is.
1: It, it's really weird to like compare yourself to TV personality yeah. that you kind of grew up with. Right. And looking back when you're yeah, it, it, yeah. it blows my mind to, yeah. least, to be honest with you. I'm just like, that's the only thing that ever makes me feel old is when <laughs> that kind of shit happens.
0: Speaking of uh, mutual friends here, uh, did you see that uh, Josh Lewis got hacked? His Instagram yeah. got hacked. <laughs> he, he sent me like 10 messages today about Bitcoin. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I'm like Bitcoin. I'm like, there's no way he invested a grand and then got 10 grand back. And then, and so I messaged him like, what's this all about? You got hacked eh?" like not expecting a reply. I'm like, if I don't get a reply, I'll know it's a hacker, but the hacker replied and was like, Oh no, just hit up Laura fucking ATX or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then like every day getting 10 grand more, like get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was talking to my wife today about that. Like how, (laughs) <laughs> How, what, why, why is it so fucking hard to get your account back after I that don't ask? know. I like, don't know. You should be able to contact like Instagram and be like, look at this story. You can definitely tell that nothing yeah. that I've been posting. Like, why can't? That just be a thing. Yeah. Like my, my friend Mike and his band muse two years ago got hacked and they lost their whole social media, yeah. Facebook and stupid Instagram, and They couldn't get it back. And it's
0: like, I don't understand what that. What the hell? Cause you I can prove either. that like, if you can get verified, then you should be able to prove who you are. Like it should be the same kind yeah. of process, right? Like yeah, if yeah, this is what exactly. you have to do to get a blue check, here's what you have to do to get your account back. Right. Prove to us that you have the post, show us pictures of that, you know, whatever. And yeah. but you're right, it's impossible to get back. And I'm I'm ho- like I don't think I have, have enough juice to ever get hacked. But if I do, I'm gonna be really pissed because like your Instagram's almost like a little photo album. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's got memories that maybe you've lost on your on your devices over the years, but they always live on that server on your page, right? Yeah, so it's like exactly I don't want to lose my account ever. I don't know how you prevent that. Is that's what I want to know. How do you prevent getting hacked? Do you just change your fucking password all the time? Or like how does that work? I've I've gotten my
1: Facebook ad adwords not adwords whatever like their their ad space or yeah. whatever hacked into oh, really? and some dude ran like seven hundred dollars <laughs> worth of ads on my PayPal account from yeah. my bank and and they reversed it like yeah. PayPal did it like, PayPal was really good with that stuff yeah and I I had it's always my PayPal it's gotten like hacked into and it really. Sucked. But they, they've they've always been really good at getting the money back to me,
0: like right now. Yeah, PayPal is like it is a really good service. And back in the day, I didn't even trust PayPal back in the day. I remember getting an eBay account, like I wanted to uh, buy like a, like I wanted to buy like a like a guitar amp, like a PV fifty one fifty from the states or something, and it was a good deal. And and I signed up for PayPal, and I was just afraid that I was going to get somehow like robbed through this thing, right? And so I hooked it yeah. up to only to my like. My lowest credit card that had like the lowest amount, you know, because I was just so afraid <laughs> yep. of it. But you it really is one of the happens. yeah. But it really is one of the better like payment systems, that, or one of the better ones I've ever used. Anyway,
1: I, I do all my invoicing, <laughs> and I, I if it was not for PayPal, like Stupid Red would not be where it is today. Like they, they're the only company that I've ever been able to get a loan through for anything. Hmm. Like they do these working capital loans where you can. It just deducts it from every transaction of yours. Hmm. There's no interest on it. You pay like a fat flat fee. Wow! And I've I've gotten those from them, and they always get paid off super quick, and then <laughs> able to get like a new piece of equipment or yep. you know just things running, especially like through COVID. Yeah. But um, yeah, they've they've always been super helpful. Hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very pro
0: pro PayPal. I just found out that Elon Musk invented paypal or some shit like recently Mm -hmm. i was like i didn't know that yeah of course he uh, he did of course he did (laughs) (laughs) why wouldn't he he's making dick-shaped rockets and fucking paying people (laughs) over the internet yes um
1: dick-shaped rocket
0: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of covid you brought covid up there for a second how have you been through covid have you guys managed to, to stay healthy through the whole thing or have you guys caught it or how's it been
1: I have not gotten COVID. I knock on something yeah. that's wood around. I know. It, I'm doing
0: the same thing just now. It
1: is. Um, <laughs> so we me and my family were like super, super safe, you know, um, especially at the beginning of it. Yeah. And then, you know, we got vaccinated, we got the booster and everything. And, you know, you kinda of let your guard down and whatever. Mm-hmm. We went we went out to Colorado for for like five days after Christmas, Mm. like in between Christmas and New Year's, and we got back, and my daughter got sick on like New Year's Day after New Year's Day, Mm. and then she tested positive for COVID, Mm. and then my son tested positive for COVID, my wife did, I never got it, yeah, it's bizarre because it's not like I'm like quarantining myself. I was at the point where it's like, okay, well, my whole house has it. I'll get it eventually, so. My son was literally, like, talking to my face. Never got it.
0: (laughs) It's so fucking weird how some people catch it and some people don't. My my mom had it. My sister caught it from my mom. My dad slept in the same bed with my mom for multiple nights before he knew that she was sick. Didn't catch it. My sister's husband slept in the same bed, obviously, with her for, you know, multiple nights before he knew she had it. He didn't catch it. And only one of her kids caught it. They have three kids and only one caught it. It's like... How the fuck does bizarre. this work? Yeah, it's so catchy yet some it. people can fight it off. You know,
1: yeah, and like everyone over Christmas, like my mom, my brother, my dad, his wife, like everybody fucking had it over oh, Christmas. Shit. So Christmas was like canceled this year, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it was it was a mess. But yeah, did you see? Uh, we're, we're we're all back and healthy now, so that's good.
0: Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, and and kids, like the nice thing about kids is it doesn't really like it doesn't hit them as hard as it does some adults, you know what I mean? And even now with Omicron, yeah. like it's, it's pretty mild. Thank God. And like, it's very, mm-hmm. the most contagious one so far, but it's pretty mild if you do get it, apparently for most people, which is lucky knock on wood, because if it had been uh, this contagious and as, you know, let's say deadly, I won't say deadly, but like, as like makes you as sick as the, as the OG variant, you know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. could have been bad news, but luckily yeah, it's not it, so bad. Yeah. Did, did you see uh, when fat Mike caught it and then he, posted that picture of himself from the oh, I love the video I, yeah from the I love yeah. you more and than I hate me video were, like, thinking yeah, it
1: was, yeah. Like, you guys know that Mike if you didn't see that video Yeah, what's up with yeah. that yeah
0: and i'm like yeah, you can hilarious. totally tell that he's not that's not a real skin tone he looked fucking green like nobody yeah, looks like that exactly. in
1: real <laughs> oh, i love people out there oh the internet it's just god I, yeah love the internet dude <laughs> I hate the internet more than anything. I was, I was off that. I was off Facebook since like August and I just jumped on it last week again to yeah. try to push some new super ad stuff. Of course. Yeah. Cause you gotta have social media. Yeah. Pets. And, uh, ah, oh, dude, I've been on it for like a week now. I just hate it. Yeah. And I think I hate it because I just keep going back and rolling past yeah. the same shit. I don't care about, yep. you know, yep. <laughs> like, and I know, and I, pisses me off. And I just, and scroll and I scroll and I scroll and I'm like, why is this guy doing better than me? Fuck him.
0: <laughs> and I scroll some more and yeah. this person, fuck them too. <laughs> and it's all highly curated, right? It's all like they only post the best aspects of their life, so you feel like everyone's doing better yeah. than you. And meanwhile, everyone's just in the same fucking you know shit storm that everybody else is.
1: Yeah, I I try to just fucking keep it light, man. I I can't me too. be serious. I, yeah. I just it's all about fun be a good person yeah. and have fun in life man and 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 you'll do all yeah. right
0: all this stuff is so divisive on there now though like it just makes everybody want to fight and it just that's why i fucking mm-hmm. hate facebook and then instagram used to just be cool photos and people posting fun shit and then it kind of all the political stuff started creeping in and all the COVID stuff. and i'm just like fuck yeah. off guys this is where i used to come to unwind and just have a yeah. good laugh or you know a smile or something <laughs> Social media away from Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And now it's starting to creep together, you know, into one weird thing called meta or whatever the fuck they're calling it now.
1: Yes, it is. Stupid. Stupid, stupid. You can like and now you can upload shit from your computer on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Because it always used to be like in the moment you take a picture and (laughs) Yeah. Now you got these kids with their hype house and
0: (laughs) TikTok houses
1: and (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, dude.
0: So tell me about this the stupid rat businessman because I uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you and I know we tried to set this up quite a while ago. It was uh I think I looked back in the messages and it was back in maybe July or August when we first talked about it and then uh it fell through the cracks. I think you maybe had like some family stuff happen, you had to go away uh last minute. I,
1: yeah. August was a rough time. Mm. It was that's when I that's when I turned 40, and, mm. you know. You know how it gets, leading <laughs> yeah. up to stuff. Yes. It's just like everything and
0: yeah,
3: moved
1: into the shop and yeah, I don't even
0: remember what happened in the past year, dude. <laughs> like, Everything's a blur. The last three years are just a blur. It really yeah. is. Even though we haven't been doing wow. much and kind of staying home. Well, I mean, you've been a little bit busy, but but for a guy like me that just goes to work and comes home and does like kind of shit like this and whatever, it just all becomes a blur. The last all the whole COVID years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. But I wanted to I wanted to get together with you because I'm so interested in these stories where people break away from like the nine to five bullshit like that I'm kind of stuck in and create this own cool thing for themselves, carve out this, this spot where they're working for themselves and doing something they love. So I, I definitely wanted to get together with you. So tell me the story. Like how did, how did this happen? What were you doing before stupid rad? And how did you start up stupid rad? Let's, let's start from the start. Um,
1: so yeah, I was, I, I told you I lived up in Madison. Yeah. Dropped out of high school, went up to Madison. Some things happened where, you know, things weren't working out too well for me. So I had to move back home and moved in with my dad who had small landscape company. So I worked for him, landscaping, landscaping. About ten years, six years. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. And uh my uncle also had a landscaping company in Illinois. And he was getting out of it. So we kind of like bought his company. Um my cousin came on. we him and I started to run the things, and then eventually like working with family stocks, people started to drop <laughs> out and I was the last one left and I was like, this fucking sucks. Like I get stuck with this business. I absolutely hate. Yeah, And I, um, I, I bought a one inch button maker. That was the start of one inch button maker. Wow. Um, I was at, I was at a, <laughs> that record 25 year anniversary show they did that like tour around with everyone and i was talking to one of the guys i knew in a band like i i had zero contact with like i i knew none of these bands or anything mm. before i started Red. but i did know this guy previously from a different band he was in when i um and, like he played around when i was lived lived around there mm-hmm. and, I just don't want to, like, give up. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, w- I was talking to him, and I had the landscape company, and snowplow company, and he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, this tour is ending, and I, you know, I usually go home and work at a liquor store after we go on tour. Um, if you ever need help with snowplowing, let me know. I can come down and, and help out. Mm. And it was like, this is This is really weird because before, you just don't realize, like, there's a lot of people out there, which I was one of these people that thought just because you're a touring band, you go and tour the world, you go across the whole world, tour, 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 that you're making enough money touring to be self-sufficient with music. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like brace your heart when you hear that they just have to go to whatever job that they can go back to, yeah, and you know make make enough money to
3: last until the next tour. So <clears throat>
1: I um like that stuff, man. Like so, I bought a button maker and I started just like giving bands free buttons. I was like, well, oh, this nice. is me my part, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Sure, here you go. So I just like hit up a couple bands on Instagram, like, hey, you want some buttons? Um, I make you some buttons, and then of course you start charging because you're yeah. greedy and you're, <laughs> you know, a corporate whore. And, <laughs> well, you can't you know, work for free forever. <laughs> I'm like, they don't need to make money. I do. <laughs> but no, for real, like, yeah, it was it was always just like to try and help out the band, and we're on Chicago, like, like in the scene, like people started calling me the button guy yeah i don't want to be a fucking button guy i want to be like <laughs> i want to be a guy that can provide more than buttons you know yeah so i found a manufacturer of enamel pins and i know you were asking about that like yeah we don't do enamel pins with the bell buckles okay. or anything All in right. the house. i found i went through about five different manufacturers until i found like a good fit for stupid rad that, right. that i could work with really well so I hooked up with them and started getting pins and patches made. So I started being the pin and patch and button <laughs> guy, I guess. And it kind of just like grew from there. And I never really had to push hard to do it. I think that when people can see that your heart's in it and that you're doing it for like good reasons, yep. they kind of want to work with you. And I worked with some different artists too, not just bands. Mm. And um, because I had the contact for the enamel pins. so. The website pretty much started because it's like, oh, you know what? I will pay for these pins for you. You can sell them, make your money. If I can have, you know, 25 pins, I could put on a website and then sell them and then, you know, make my money that way. So I'm not actually making money from you. I'm helping you make money and just making, you know, my money back through selling your stuff. Sure. Which was really cool. And so I was doing that a bunch. And
3: I, I think that I hit up the Bomb Pops.
1: They, they were, like, the first, like, bigger band that I talked to. And for whatever reason, they gave me a chance. Like, I yeah. was nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, they have been so helpful with building Stupid Rad and so supportive. And Neil is just, like, always helpful. Always yeah. always pushing stupid rat on people and um because of them, you know, I get to work with some really, really cool bands. Sure. And and that's kind of how it started. Um we were subbing out all our screen printing mm. and we only started screen printing in house last year. Oh really? Um through COVID. Yeah. So, oh, shit. Yeah. We we never I never touched screen printing in my whole life, man. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, six years ago, I shut down the landscape company. Let's go back there and then yeah. zoom back here because I hate it. And um, <laughs> I, I never, I never finished a story about the landscape yeah. company. Yeah. So yeah, I was making buttons. I was like, oh shit, man, I'm going to make all my money and my wealth with, uh with these buttons. So I'm going to fucking press these things 24 hours a day yeah. and make 20 bucks. Jesus. You know? Um. So that was, I just totally blank, man. That's right. You were saying you shut down, shut the
0: landscape business down to make buttons.
1: Oh yeah, so screen printing came into into action finally. Um, I I looked one day at how much I was paying somebody to screen print. Man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, way more money than I (laughs) make. Like, (laughs) why? Why am I not doing this in house? Yeah. Yeah. And and Mike Muse, you know Mike Muse. You know that dude? I, I know the he's, band,
0: but I don't know, I don't yeah. know any of the guys.
1: He's, he's really good dude. He's always been super supportive, super yeah. rad. They always, like, force stupid rad on tour and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he, he was living in Indianapolis, which is about three, four hours away from here. And he was moving up to Milwaukee, which I live, like, immediately in between Milwaukee and Chicago, about okay. 40 minutes from each one. Oh, okay. And, uh, I told him, I was like, well, hey, um, you don't have a job up in Milwaukee. If I can make it work, so you get screen printing equipment, you want to start, you know, screen printing mm. with Stupid Rad. Like, we can add that on and we can screen print
2: and
1: mm. stuff. I luckily got a PayPal working capital loan and bought the equipment. And we YouTube and YouTube and went through so many garments trying to figure it out, man. Really? So we did it. And we finally made it work. Like, I, I don't know. This is probably just an audio podcast, it is. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, like this, all this stuff. Other than one press, right? That was that was my basement, man. I I just moved in here from my basement in June. Holy cow! Yeah. So it, everything, I, I think, screen printing and learning screen printing during COVID is what really helps speaker rad the most and yeah. be able to like actually like last through COVID. Yeah. Um, because people are still getting shirts made and everything like that. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. For I I never understand how speaker rad has gotten to the point where it is because <laughs> I I I've never really had to advertise. I, I'll throw advertisements out there here and there. Yeah. Like In New Noise Magazine, I had one because they reached out and were like, hey, do you want to do a trade for for advertising? Yeah, yeah. Like, sure, why the hell not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But it it never, it just was like a snowball. It kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And it's kind of to that point where it's like, well, what next? You know, like, I,
3: if my responsibilities
1: at Stupid Rad have gotten so many yeah like i i my brain just sometimes yeah. just melts and i have to like go lay in bed for a week because <laughs> i
2: can imagine it,
1: yeah you know like because it's not just making some BAM merch for touring bands yeah making BAM merch for touring bands but running their web stores making sure that their stuff is in inventory yeah printing it shipping it out dealing well, with customers plus your own stuff then, too though and then yeah, exactly. Then we got our own stuff. Yeah. Which through COVID we weren't doing too much with. And we're trying to start to push it again now. Yeah. But yeah, we have to figure that all out. Um I do not do the art. My my friend Matthew Ryan Sharp does. Okay. And he he um he was a graphic design artist at this punk rock brewery in Illinois, um called three fifty Brewing when it was used to be cool. And uh I always like this stuff and I hit him up and I was like, hey man, like at that point, Stupid Rad was stupid fucking buttons. That was the name of the company. <laughs> stupid fucking buttons. Um and hit him off and I just kinda like wanted to rebrand it and like I just want this like skull dude that wants to party and have fun. I don't want a scary skull. I just mm-hmm. want, you know, like mm-hmm. something that embodies my life of just wanting to always yeah, live life. Good times. You know?
2: yeah.
1: um, So he has been our, our artist um, on all things, super rad branded merch, which has been awesome. Um, we're going to be making a push this year. And, but yeah, like, I don't know if you saw, we're switching out all our hoodie things for, yeah. for rad stuff. And cause it's not just about printing the hoodies and shipping them. It's like, well, what can we do to these to like, set them apart from other companies from what other people are doing, you know? Yeah. And it's constantly just like going around in my brain. Like what can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do more? And it is very
0: overwhelming. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. i get to work and go ahead. No, I was just going to say like your branding, like I've not seen another merch company. That's what kind of attracted me to stupid rad merch. I mean, I've seen a lot of these merch companies around, but I don't see a lot of them have the same kind of branding and and producing a lot of their own garments with their with their artwork on it and promoting themselves in that way. And I, I've if they have, I've definitely not seen it take off as much as the stupid rad merch stuff. And I think it's totally because just like your like you said, like your Scully, like your 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 branding in that way and what it embodies and how cool it is and how fun it is. I think people really it really resonates with a lot of people, especially in our you know quote unquote punk community, right? It's it's just a fun yeah. thing to have a stupid rad merch shirt is just as good as a band t-shirt you know
1: and and it makes it feel just like
0: a community you
1: know yeah like you see somebody out there with a super rat shirt and you're like that's fucking super rad that's yeah. awesome yeah. you know like you see somebody out there with i don't want to say companies' names. no you I know know, what you you mean, see, and it's like okay cool that's a big company that yeah doesn't yeah. Do they really care about the bands that they work with? Right, because you know people I hope can see that coming out of Stupid Rad too. Like we work with these bands because we care about them. We want to yeah. help them, and um, the the whole idea about like behind branding, like Stupid Rad and having its own brand and everything was to kind of offset some of the costs, so we could provide bands cheaper merchandise. Wow, and we could kind of cover costs like. Still up to now, like fans that I work with their web stores, like I try to cover their tour merch as much as possible, at least until like halfway through tour until yeah. they need a restock, you know. Yep. Like it's all about putting the least stress on them to be able to go out there and make money from their art and be able to, you know, support themselves while they tour. Yeah. Because it would suck like, oh, you guys need ten thousand dollars worth of merch. Well, I need $10,000 in my pocket yeah. and then I'll get you your merch and right. then you can figure out how you're going to pay for gas yeah. to your next show, yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. And, and that's kind of the big thing about it too, is like, I,
3: I just really hope that people see that it's not just a
1: greedy corporation trying to make money. Cause, yeah. I mean, I'm just as broke as ever. so.
0: Well, and that's always the the struggle. Like, so, sorry, I missed that now. So, how many years have you been doing stupid about six years now in total? Um, five years. Five years. Yeah, like if, as five a full time gig. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still yeah. pretty like the company's still in in its infancy, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like five years is really not a lot of time when you think about it. And you're still building no, up, not. right? Like, and like you said, you're 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 fairly overwhelmed right now because you've got a lot of stuff on your plate. But hopefully, that will lead to more sales, more. Uh, relationships with with other bands, maybe like some bigger bands, and you know you can keep growing it, and maybe in another five years, mm-hmm. we, we, you and I will be having another another conversation if this fucking thing's still going. And you'll be twice the size of the company. You'll need a twice the size of a space. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. But I think you've done a really good job so far. You were talking about like caring about the bands that shows like that goes un- that's unsaid because you po- when you post stuff on your Instagram, like you can really tell that you actually care about the clients you're working with. You know, what I mean, you're not mm-hmm. just another like, of course, you're a business, you have to make your money. But at the same time, you can feel that you have a deep relationship with all these bands that you work with. And that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Like, how did you like, did this just happen, like sort of organically, like meeting all these different bands and, and starting to work with them? Or did they approach you? Did you approach them? How did that work? Um.
1: So. It was initially like with the buttons, I would reach out to bands and do that whole where it was, you know, I'll get enamel pins made if I can sell some. So, kind of started making friends like that and being able to have them tell other people, yeah. Them. And that's when I hit the bomb pops up. But so like I said before, like bomb pops have been like super, super like big part of Stupid rad mm. because they talked to bad cop, bad cop about super rad, told them what we were doing and like how much we cared about seeing and trying to help out the band, yeah. On tour, so I went. what, One of my one of my things is like I always had these like super rad air fresheners, and I'd give them the touring bands because I'm like, you're riding in the van, yeah. smelly as shit. Like, <laughs> here, have some air fresheners, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I I saw Bad Cop Bad Cop in Chicago, and I gave them some air fresheners. like, here, here you go. Hit me up if you ever need anything, whatever, you know. Like, I I, I I'm not a pressure. I, I don't pressure people. Like, I am not a person pressure you into doing anything that you don't want to do yeah like i'm not a salesperson i'm just person that wants to help if you want my help you can take it if not then that's cool man there's there's a million other merch companies out there that can help you i get it yeah um so i give them that and they're like oh you know what like yeah we we've heard a lot about you from the bomb pops and you know we'd love to talk yeah and that's kind of how everything has come. come to be with with stupid rad bands um make war i remember i saw make war in milwaukee they were on tour with lillington mm. and they stopped in milwaukee on a Lillington's off night and they played to a on a tuesday night i think to a room of you know like maybe 10 people yeah. and i never i never seen them and i never heard them before and God damn, they blew me away, man. I was like, yeah. they're playing with this many people. And I started really like following them, like just loving them and how much they care about their music. And you can tell it shows with with them playing. Yeah, totally. And, and Jose was just like, he's like, I love what you're doing. And, you know, I could see that you're really passionate about, you know, being helpful and that, you know, I,
3: I think that it just shows that being the person that you are can
1: go further than being a salesperson. Totally. At some point.
0: You yeah. know hundred um, percent. I yeah, hate salesmen, so. man. I'm not a salesman either. And like, Dude, that's, I hate fuck. them so much. Awesome. Oh God. I, They're the worst. I feel like whenever, like, you know, anytime I've bought a car or any, like, I'm the kind of person that does all of my research before I buy anything. You know what I mean? I want to know everything about the product that I'm about to buy. And so when I go to somewhere and some fucking salesman tries to talk me into something, it's like, dude, I'm probably already going to buy this. And by the way, I know fucking more than you do about this thing. So stop being the cheesy guy and just take my money when it's time. You know what I mean? I hate that sales pitch bullshit and, and telling me things that I know aren't true. And it's like, just fuck off,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. And you know, I'll, I'll reach out to, I'll reach out to fans that I want to work with. And, um, there's, there's a couple that I'm working on right now. Um, two bands I'm trying to bring on the Stupid Rad in 2022. But I'm not pushing them. You no, know, I'm no. like, hey, here's what we can do. Like, if you want to do it, that'd be awesome. Um, if not, that's cool, too. Mm. But I, I really don't want to put too much more on my plate because I don't I want to be able to offer them what they deserve out of somebody trying to help them yeah i don't want to be overwhelmed and be like i'm sorry i can't do this stuff for you now because i got all this stuff to do for other people right um so i'm
3: you know kind of just working on it but not
1: pushing so yeah. it kind of like eases into it and it, it all works out eventually
0: anyways. Yeah. so yeah no totally 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 we're uh, we're coming up almost to the uh the one hour mark believe it or not we've been talking that long wow right? yeah yeah we're it does about go uh, fast, man. uh 10 minutes from the one hour mark so i want to get into some like some of the more personal stuff we we talked about your your early life and how you grew up and kind of how you got into punk but um you've like do you play any instruments first of all i, I thought i saw some pictures of guitars on your on your instagram do you do you play still
1: i um not really much no? i i i used to play guitar a lot um Back in high school yeah. and after somewhat, but I growing up where I did, like and going to the schools that I did, there yeah. wasn't much
3: it it's one of those things where it seems
1: that if you don't have anybody to help push you with it, you kind yeah. of just stop, you know what I yeah. mean, yeah, like you wanna be in a band, but you can't find anybody that wants <laughs> to play the music you do,
2: yeah,
1: so you start and you go to this dude's house and play like metallica covers and you're just <laughs> like "Fuck, this is stupid <laughs> yeah. you know what i like to say, you know yeah totally. um, so it kind of like falls off and yeah you you get back into it here and there but it never i never got back into it like yeah in a serious crazy. way yeah i still i still have a guitar i have one in my office and i'll drum oh, nice. here and there but it's at this point I decided that I, I had to start a merch company if I wanted to have any if I wanted my foot in like the door for yeah. the music whatever scene, you yeah, know. Yeah. It's not gonna be it's not gonna
0: be through music,
1: right but I want to like do my part for it. Yeah. I'm you know, passionate about it. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, totally. It's kinda of the reason I started this thing was just to kinda of get in get in a chance a chance, get a chance to speak to some of the the people in the industry that I really admired, right? Or that I really respected. And just, it's yeah. amazing the people I reach out to that I never thought in a million years would would answer back. Um, and then, not that I've had like any huge guests on, but like, you know, I spoke to the head of the Fender Custom Shop and, and things like that. Awesome. Like, yeah, I was it's really cool. And, and so it gives me a chance to ask some questions that have always been in my brain and just have, you know, a long form conversation with some cool people, you know what I mean? And like you yeah, said, like exactly. kind of give give some other bands that maybe aren't being asked to be on a podcast, a chance to, to get on one and share some of their story. You know what I mean? And then have their fans have something to listen to that, you know, involves them. right?
1: Do you find it now? Like a lot easier. I bet, I bet the first couple of times, my friend was here a couple last week, maybe. And he was like, Oh yeah, I remember when we went to the show and you talked to this person. It was like the last time I saw you kind of like fanboy out. Oh yeah. Now everything's always just like natural. Yeah. Because yeah, when you first start and you talk to these people, even even, you know, like like you said, like, you know, you haven't talked to anybody big, but or you know, too big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they still are because that's yeah. like the music you appreciate. So yes, it, it is huge. It is huge for you, man. Like, yes. And and just because you know my mom doesn't know the bomb pops or something right. doesn't mean you know that oh. any band's better than them. So totally. So yeah, it's it, it's because you go into it and you're like, dude, this is fucking big. Like, I yeah. get to talk with this band that yes. I love so much. Like, and I think that I would have just as hard of time talking to like Billy Joel from Green Day or you know whatever, like Rivers Paloma or yeah. something. You know, like, I I think that I would be more... It would be easier for me to talk to them than, like, yeah. let's say a new band that I really, really... And, you know, Green Day is cool, Weezer is cool, but I, like, don't have the passion for them like I do for other bands.
0: 100%. So, you know... You hit it right on the head there, man. Like, right on the head. I, I just... Like, I spoke to Rami from Cigar yesterday. I only just found out about Cigar because right around that time period where they released Speed is Relative, their their first and only release, I was kind of getting out of punk. I was graduating high school, and I kind of felt like like punk was kind of like child. It was a stupid way to think because I always loved it. I just kind of thought, oh, I'm getting older. I'm becoming an adult. This is kind of childhood. You know what I mean? And then for a lot of years, I listened to my old shit, but didn't really find any new bands. And right around that time was when they mm-hmm. released that. And so I just recently discovered them because of their Bridge City Sessions that they recorded last year. And, and oh, yeah, that record.
1: Bridge City Sessions of
0: awesome fucking awesome dude and uh, then when i reached out to him i i didn't think he'd write back because he seems like kind of uh, a quiet guy he doesn't really talk a lot in the interviews that i've seen it's more john the, the drummer john sortland who kind of does a lot of the talking and so i thought man, maybe he doesn't he's not into it and then when he wrote back I said he would and i told him the same thing like most podcasts the hour leading up to the time that i'm going to send the link my heart is just beating out of my chest i'm sweating yeah. i get nervous before every single one Right? And you want to talk about one that I was super nervous for? I'm a huge fucking Murderland fan. Like, they're one of literally my all-time favorite bands. And yeah. uh, and I've had a chance to talk to a couple of those guys. I wasn't so nervous to talk to Josh, but I was really nervous to talk to Mike. When, yeah. when me and Mike were messaging back and forth, and he seemed like such a cool guy on DMs, but you never know what a person's going to be like once you get in front of them face-to-face, even through Zoom. And I was like, fucking sweating buckets, and he's like, Oh, I, I just got to walk the dog. Let me let me put you off by uh, twenty minutes because I got to, and I'm just like, holy fuck, great! And, I, <laughs> and I'm like already yeah, yeah. nervous, and now I have to wait even longer, and the anxiety's building. And then once the once we get on and start recording, I hit record on the thing. It all goes away because it becomes now I have a job to do, and I have to try and be articulate and be poignant and listen to the guest while doing everything else, running the fucking machine and making sure nothing's crashing. You know all that kind of stuff, right? But yeah. you're, you hit it right on the head. It's like these people are just as important to me like speaking to Mike murder or speaking to Josh Lewis or speaking to um, Rami from cigar yesterday. That's just as big for me as talking to, I don't know, like you said, Billy Joe or, you know, noodles from the offspring or whoever, right? Like it's, it's just as nerve wracking. So yeah, it, it doesn't get easier. By the way, (laughs) I've been nervous every (laughs) single one, even for years. Like when you're like, Hey, can we get together now? I'm like, Holy shit, I got to hurry up. And I was like super nervous about it, but now it's, it's cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and that's it man like it e- even still so one of the bands i've been talking to about a new new store was in chicago and i get so nervous to the point i didn't even go <laughs> i didn't go to the show and i should have went there and i should have talked to them but i get nervous dude yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 oh, what's in to what oh man i gotta be with my kids tonight yeah i make <laughs> up an excuse in my head and then yeah. the next day i'm like i'm such an idiot you yeah. know and it is it's me and it, it gets, like, so now, like, talking to the bands I talk to is, you know, pretty easy. But, yeah, yeah like, new bands. It's yeah. like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, Josh was recently on tour with Red City Radio. And, uh, yeah. and you know, they were playing with Lagwagon. And they, they, came, they did a couple of uh, Canadian dates. And my plan was to go to both. They had played two dates near me. They played a, a, a city called Hamilton, which is about 40 minutes from me, roughly. Then they played Toronto, which is, like, an hour. And so I was going to go to both. And I and I kind of did chicken out on the first show. I, I was like, uh, like uh, and I was actually on call for work, so it gave me a good excuse not to go. But the Sunday night show in Toronto, I had no excuse. You know what I mean? I'm working afternoon shift. I didn't have to be up in the morning. I was off call by that point. So I went, but I was ner- like legit nervous to meet Josh, even though I had DM'd with him a bunch and I have had a podcast with him for a couple of hours where we had a conversation. I was nervous to go and meet the guy in real life because you never know. Again, you just never know what to expect, right? And then, of course, because you don't want your heroes to be assholes.
1: Exactly,
0: that's (laughs) a hundred percent right. And it's and I was like, not that I thought Josh was going to be an asshole, but you're right. You're afraid of what you might find out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: and that's a hard part, like bringing business into it. You know, like actual money stuff. There, there is hard parts with that. Yeah, you know, I can imagine your keep your faith with musicians <laughs> and stuff like that. But it's nothing nothing bad's ever happened. So that's good. Yeah. So you, you know, never
0: played in any bands or anything, Ace? Eh? So we we kind of skimmed over that, but you never really got into any bands no. Before? Yeah. No.
1: Um at my at my private boarding school that I went to um up in Wisconsin, we had this band. It was three guitarists. So it's wow. not really a <laughs> wow. band. Yeah. But we did like we did like talent shows and we we actually did um like special music it's called for, for church. Oh, and wow. like we, we played nine inch nails hurt on guitar. Yeah. You know, didn't sing, but you know, playing nine inch nails in front of a church is a pretty cool <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. In, in the talent show we like put a bunch of like songs together and did like a medley of just oh. like all these different songs. And we ended with, like, Nirvana Rape You or Rape Me. And it was just, you know, it was it was always just that stuff to kind of, like, push the limits because the faculty doesn't know this stuff, yeah, but right. the kids do. So, right. like, the kids are like, oh, this is awesome. Like These guys are playing Rape Me at a Christian school. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. So. But that's, that's really awesome. all it ever. All, all it ever. And one of the dudes was uh, a foreign exchange student from Panama. And oh, the wow. other dude lived, like, so... You know, after school, after you're done with boarding school, it all just falls apart anyway. Yeah. Um, which I was at that school, and my brother, my first punk rock show I ever went to. My brother snuck me off campus to go see No Effects, High Standard, and Bouncing Souls. Wow, that was awesome. That was your yeah. first show ever. Yeah.
0: Holy cow!
1: What a you show. Know, I had. I I kept the shirt from that show forever too because it had blood and sweat and yeah, stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, and yeah, that was that was that was it. And that was like the beginning of like having that show for a first, first show is pretty big. And it really keeps in that, man, this is awesome. You know, yeah, totally. Cause, Cause like you said, with like getting out of high school and you kind of like fell out of it. Like I had that like falling out, like I, you know, had kids and everything, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it, it becomes kind of put by the wayside, but at the same time, there was never music that I listened to not like i wasn't listening to the same music yeah but you know you're kind of just like living life and you're not really putting much into it right but then you look back and you're like there's never been anything that really made me feel emotional in music like like this music has like no use no use for names like my favorite band yes all time so good and so good dude like like tony Sly is a lyricist and just everything it was just like I, I start a lot of my mornings with listening to Tony Sly, acoustic in my my office while I go through orders and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just the emotional feeling that you get, and and you want to always push it on other people. Like listen to this yeah. bullshit that you listen to yeah. on these pop stations. Like listen to these lyrics. Like how can you not enjoy this? How can this band not be bigger <laughs> than what they are? Yes. Like emotionally, they make you feel. Yep which yep. is insane like yep. and and you don't get that and you kind of look back on it when you start listening to it or getting back into the scene a little bit and you're like man i really missed out on this you know like Fucking right. and then you but the nice part is, is you get to go back to like older lagwagon like i never listened to really because i wasn't you know yep. listening to albums yep. you're like ah, that shit was good too yeah 100%. like why did i
0: stop yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm finding. Like now that I'm, you know, now that I'm in, like, was in, when I was in my later thirties, mid to late thirties, I started like really getting into punk rock again and really discovering old bands, bands that I'd, that I'd not heard of or, or, or like bands that maybe are newer, but that I've never heard of, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. through following like fat records on, on Instagram and um, epitaph and things like that and, and finding these other bands. And, and I never like I said I never really stopped listening to punk but I wasn't really finding any new punk bands and yeah de- exactly definitely discovering like old albums like 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 Cigars Speed is Relative which I've been like spinning like crazy the last couple weeks um or a month or so from when I last from when I first saw the Bridge City session it's like you you kind of realize how much time you wasted not listening to punk and for me like I said it was just I just felt like it was um, immature music to listen to which is stupid because it was what I based my whole youth on you know what I mean like it yeah. it shaped kind of who I was and how my attitudes toward things were in life and and then all of a sudden I just ditched it one day because I thought it was for kids like what the, where the fuck did that come from <laughs> that was just the, the weight of the world fucking, fucking with my head you know what I mean
1: yeah and I think that it probably has to do too with like when you were young I, I used to listen a lot more angsty Punk rock yeah, me too. When I was younger, yep, and it was probably like that whole attitude, like you know, fuck this. I mean, still fuck the system, but yeah. you know, yeah, like um, you know, but but when you like get deeper into the music and different bands and you find something that you can relate to, it's just huge, man. Yeah, like like off at their head, God, dude, that was like one of the bands that got me into listening to like punk rock a lot again. Mm-hmm. Like super depressed time, and <laughs> I, I also don't get it because it's like you listen to this depressed music when you are depressed, and <laughs> it makes you like super more depressed. But you tell yeah. yourself like this is what I need in my life. Yeah, but like, shit, man, is it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, it kind of like, resonates
0: with what you are going through, so you know you can connect with. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah,
1: but I, I don't know. It, it it's a weird thing with with depressing music, listening yeah. <laughs> when you are depressed, you know. Yeah. Because it it does. It's like it has its levels of, yeah, me wondering if it's good for me to listen to or not to. When I'm depressed, <laughs> it's funny. I, I like.
0: Li- go ahead. What's it? No, go ahead.
1: I, I I think I like I like listening to it more when I'm not depressed, than I can think
0: about when I was depressed listening yeah. to it. Yes, and I'm like, oh man, I remember that year. That was a shitty year for me. Yeah, but at least I had this music sometimes that those like memories though, like I've, I've had bands where I've had to kind of stop listening to them because they were so big in a part of my life that went sideways that I can't Mm -hmm. listen to it because it just reminds me so much of that time. And I fucking hate that because those were like my favorite bands when I was younger, but they just, you know, they, they were part of a time in my life that I don't want to associate with ever again. You know what I mean? And try not to revisit, but
1: unfortunately. That is, that was big thing with no use for a name i couldn't listen to him for a few years because of like shit that happened to me when i was like really big into them
2: yeah and
1: uh i actually was able to see them live i, I was before i was married i was engaged and hmm. like our band was like no use for a name and we had to go see no use for a name in milwaukee nice. like met Tony Sly, and he was like the nicest dude gave me a shirt and like wow. wrote a bunch of stuff on it and yeah so like that hard rock bottom came out and yeah. like. We- Lit, like right when it came out oh. and then like the like it starts off like it's too late to talk to you it's too yeah. soon to say goodbye and it's just like fuck this dude <laughs> like yeah damn. and then international you days after that yeah. intro and it's just like can't listen to this you know and and now i can just fine but my but my wife now she knows that like it was a big in my life with this no use for a name and she knows i associate no use for a name sometimes with that yeah i remember one time i was like super drunk and she put no use for a name in the cd player and i took it out and threw it <laughs> out the window you know <laughs> stuff like that
0: yeah so you found yourself a punk rock woman as well then right it sounds like you I, did if she's listening to no use for a name was she into punk as well yeah up she,
1: yeah she she was yeah. she is Probably not quite, but but I have to be. I don't know. It's like a job now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, totally. That sounds bad, doesn't it? It's a job now. (laughs) Sounds like a fucking hell of a job if you ask me. You know what I mean? It is. It's awesome, dude. (laughs) Better than mowing lawn. Oh, totally. Hard Rock Bottom Um, was like, that was definitely, that is my definite favorite Noise for a Name album. Like, it is, every song is good on the album. You know what I mean? So good. And that intro, like that. It's too late. Like if I hear that at the wrong time, I'll like my throat will just I'll get a lump in my throat. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's crazy. It is. If if you're having
1: a bad day and something's happening, I remember I I think like I actually bought that CD on my grandpa's funeral day too, and oh it was yeah. just like ugh. yeah, <laughs> just so emotionally like yeah, I wiped me, you know yeah. Um, and and it's funny because. Like that came out, and they had like, um, feel good record of the year come out after that and keep them confused. Is that it? Yeah. And I I never really, I never really listened to that because, like, the hard rock bottom days kind of like my, yeah, stopped listening to as much new music. And Mm -hmm. now I can go back and man, that feel good album of the year is so damn good. Yeah. Listen to that probably more than hard rock bottom now, but Mm. hard rock bottom is probably still my favorite album.
0: Yeah. I, I love that band because they have so many good, like, you know, quote unquote hits. Even the deep tracks feel like hits. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, the absolutely. deep cuts on those albums are are great, you know? And, and, like, definitely I'm way more familiar with Hard Rock Bottom than anything else they've done. Because I listened to that, mm-hmm. like, I swear to God, I must have, like, worn out the fucking disc one summer. I just spun it and spun it. It was so good. You know, it was just in yeah. my CD player in my car all the time. And just singing... Windows down in the warm weather, you know what I mean? Because you know how it is. Like you live in these cold climates, you get like three months of the year where it's fucking warm, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, dude. You know, so true. And so yep. the memories of that album and just me and my buddies, and or me and the wife driving somewhere. Like at the time, she was my you know girlfriend or whatever in high school, and just listening to that stuff and the warm weather. Like I just that's the memories I associate with that album. Thank God because it is such like it's you know it played a big role in that part of my life. You know? Yeah. Um. That's awesome. Uh, what was I? What were you, I was gonna ask you something about. Oh, we were talking about. Uh, I was asking about your wife there. If she's into punk.
1: Um. Oh yeah she she likes to come to shows with me yeah um she does here and there um it's not as big a of part of her life but she does she yeah. she she likes punk yeah um she listens to music mm-hmm. she enjoys the festivals I go and work at sometimes. Yeah. Unless she actually has to work and then <laughs> they're freaking grueling, dude. Yeah, like Riot, I Beth. believe it, um, but but yeah, she she is. Um,
0: yeah, what uh, I remember what it was now. Actually, we were talking about your wife, and it and something popped in my head, and then I forgot, but it was I saw on your Instagram you posted um, the album cover for one of the Billy Talent CDs. Are you a big Billy Talent fan?
1: I do like Billy Talent yeah. a lot. I actually. Because I saw that on your email, and mm. I was like, you know what? He came out with a new album yesterday, so yeah. I l- listened to it on the way here yeah. and uh, listened to it on my, my head headset here. Yeah. Well, I, was to, but I I am a big Billy Talent fan Like I never ever know, since I started hearing him.
0: I never know how much reach bands like that have, because like, I knew Billy Talent was big in Canada. They're obviously Canadian. They're from yeah. Toronto. Ben Kwalowitz, who's the lead singer, frontman of the band, worked for the rock station in Toronto, 102.1 the edge for many years. And then of course Billy Talent took off. And but I always wonder how much reach they have. So and again, like I <laughs> I thought you were in California. So I thought, oh Billy Talent's reach got all the way there and people there are <laughs> like Billy Talent. <laughs> but you're only, you're in Wisconsin, which isn't nearly as far away. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Not too far. So you're like in southwest of Toronto. Yeah. So
0: I'm I'm in a town called Cambridge or city called Cambridge. And it's uh, an hour southwest of Toronto, so I'm very okay. close to like Detroit. Like I can be in Detroit in a couple of hours. Uh, yeah, Buffalo is only like an hour thirty. You know what I mean?
1: We used to go over to Windsor before we were yep. 21. Yeah, yep. to <laughs> go, drink, go across yeah. the yeah, go <laughs> across the river and go party. Man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, that's not too bad. It's like a five-hour trip for me then.
0: Yeah, that yeah,
1: I feel like Windsor, Detroit.
0: Yeah, and like that was a such. <laughs> I've heard so many people from the States doing that. Like all those friends of mine that went to school in, um, in Windsor, uh, you know, like it's, it's a border town. So you get like a lot of Americans coming across to drink when they're 19. Cause that's, that's the age. Yeah. Year. And so they meet all yeah. these cool people that are from the States that come over for the weekend to drink. Right. So, um,
1: but yeah, Billy talent. I, I get off subject so easy, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's how um, these things go, yeah, man. I, it's
0: just a, just a talk. <laughs>
1: I think that that they've had a pretty good reach out here in yeah. the states. A lot, I, pretty much everyone I know knows Billy Talent or,
0: yeah, yeah. It's always interesting to me to like to think about that, like how they just were, and of course they're talented, and I and I like their music too. I'm not a huge fan, but I like the music. Like, and they were pretty on heavy a rotation on the on the rock radio stations, of course, because they're, you know, they have to have some Canadian content to bump. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And of course Billy Talent was very popular at the time and still still is to this day up here. So it you know, it's funny to hear but, you know, like a band like that getting that kind of reach is pretty still pretty impressive to me. You know what I mean? Like because busting out of Canada is difficult. You know what I mean? Like we have such a smaller population than the states. We're literally one tenth the population. And so to have a band break out like Rush, Rush always like fucks with my head, how big Rush got worldwide. (laughs) You know what I mean? Being an hour from where I, where I grew up and live, you know, like just weird.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's the same thing with like, I don't know, like Milwaukee or Chicago, like direct. Hit was, was pretty big for a while. I love direct Hit, And them being out of Milwaukee was great, dude. Like, yeah, you, you don't think a lot about the Milwaukee scene and, and like you're saying for a band from Canada to break out of Canada even to be like big in the the U.S. scene. Yep. It's because it's hard for any band even in the U.S. scene to get big in the U.S. scene, you know? Yeah,
0: dude. It's fucking like, crazy. Like when a band really takes off, it just, it always messes, like like why these people? You know what I mean? Why this yeah. band over everybody else? You know? that's so strange.
1: I always, always, always ask myself that,
3: man. It It, it has to be like
1: Some somebody somewhere in the right place, somebody good yep. at marketing or something there, and I hate thinking about that because I really, really, really even though I'm part of it now, I hate thinking of the business aspect yep. of musicians and music because I hate thinking of it as a business. I like thinking of it as an art where people get to bring it to you. Like I
3: it's, it's weird
1: when a band is more business oriented than like playing music oriented. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And maybe that's how they, and again, like you were saying, maybe that's how they found their fame because they were better at the business end. You know what I mean? Like, like I remember Tom Petty, like there's that Tom Petty documentary. I can't remember what it's called, but you know, they, they talk about the early days where they went to LA and they, you know, kind of kicked in the doors of all the record labels and dropped off demos and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, had they mm-hmm. not done that, they could have just been some fucking band from Gainesville, Florida or wherever the fuck they were from and nobody yeah. ever would have heard them and look what look what that band became. Look at the amount of hits that he wrote and, you know, that the Heartbreakers performed with him all over the world and to this day people still love. it. just, it's wild to hear that that it started from them moving to LA and just literally like knocking, yeah. you know, on record label doors and saying, listen to this, please, check us out. You know what I mean?
1: Doesn't it like make you like super sad sometimes to like see these local bands yep. that are so good yes just get like no national recognition because you're like this band is so much better than so and so or so much like they have everything they need. Why are they not, you know, making this happen? Yeah. Or not why are they not making this happen, but why aren't people making it happen for them? Yep. And I think that social media is for it but i also think it's a curse because there's so much out there now yeah and people just scroll people don't read people don't listen people don't click like my whole thing is it takes you more fucking clicks to type need (laughs) under new releases than it does to click on a link and check out (laughs) you know yeah yeah that but they can write need or something (laughs) like that and um it, it sucks because man, like some of these bands just push and push and they're so good and so good. And they tour nonstop and you know, like you just want the best for them. And
0: the, one, just... the ones that bum me out are the ones that don't push as hard. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I talk about Murderland a lot in this podcast because I've talked to a couple of the members and they are one of my favorite bands right now. And, and they will be for a long time. But I, I was just saying to Pat, Pat and I were, we're messaging, of course. Pat's in Murderland, and and uh, he and I were messaging recently because he just had a baby, and I'm about to have one in a few months. And we were just chit chatting. Oh, congrats! That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, first one. First one. Yeah, ten years yeah. of trying, and we finally, finally got it to happen. So, thank God. Man, I only tried twice, man. I got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> we were. It was such a fucking journey, man. And and you know, like a lot of people know this. It's not really a secret. We threw our own like fertility journey like it didn't it didn't work out for us biologically so this yeah. was a donated embryo which is a huge gift from from this gentleman that that helped oh, us out awesome. yeah and now like there's been th- two babies already born and another in ours would be the third one from his donated embryos and so yeah. we're going to be connected wow. to these people and have this you know we have to in today's world like there's you can't hide them from their siblings it's crazy like with the internet no, and sure. being able to connect so we're going to have these three families in our lives and, and we're all kind of in the same area which is nice roll a couple of hours from each other and so yeah it, it was pretty wild and so pat and i were just talking about what it's like to be a new dad we found out we're having a girl he just had a baby girl right so lots in common there but we were talking about Murderland and and how, you know, my my dream is to I've never been to California. I love everything about California, but I've never been. Yeah. Um, of course now I discover Murderland and I've been trying to get those guys to set up a show so that I have an excuse to fly to LA to force my hand to go down there, check it out, check out the punk scene, see them play live because, like I said, they're one of my faves. And uh, so we were just chit-chatting. But what I said to him was like, like, you guys have this chemistry and you have you write such good songs and they have such fucking amazing energy and i don't think you guys get the recognition you deserve like there's bands on punk rock labels i won't name any any of these bands but i don't think they deserve to be on these labels you know what i mean like meanwhile a band like murderland gets no attention from the local labels in la like what the fuck's going on you know
1: and I'm so glad that I don't know more about music labels because that would probably make me hate the scene yeah. more of why that happens. Because I'm sure there's a reason why. Yeah. We just know it. That's oh, yeah. probably good.
0: Well, and and maybe <laughs> yeah. it's motivation on the band's part too. Like, you know, Mike, Mike obviously is the front man of Murderland, but he's, he's busy. Him and Pauly have a family. Obviously, they're taking care of Adler and raising Adler. She's busy with the Bomb Pop, or she was busy with the Bomb Pops for a number of years. So tough to... F- focus on murderland when you know your wife's in a pretty big fat wreck band and you've got a kid and trying to trying to you know have another one too it's there's yeah and then you got josh too exactly uh, with
1: them and yeah yeah
0: so yeah it's it's tough man but but yeah like it's amazing how just some bands that you love never seem to get the recognition that you deserve or that you think they deserve i should say But then other bands that you could give a shit less about, and you're like, I don't really like this band, but everybody seems to like them. Like, what's the appeal here? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So I don't know if you ever heard of the band Counterpunch. Yeah. Yeah. Those dudes out of Chicago. Yeah. And those guys are so fucking good, and they're so tight, and their like harmonies are so fucking good. Yeah. And I just like want to see those guys. Like. Like, why aren't? They bigger. They should be bigger, mm-hmm. you know. Like, um, and I know they went out on tour with like Strung Out and Bomb Pops a couple years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good friends with those dudes.
2: And mm.
1: I was like, man, like their music so damn good. Yeah, people would listen to it, you know, yeah. and something weird about, and I'm in. I'm the same way. I'm not gonna lie. Like, about listening to new music or yes. like. Or like me telling you, like, oh, my God, you know who you should listen to? This band. And you'll be like, yeah. And, but then it just never, you, you <laughs> just don't think about it yeah. again. And you never hear it. And
0: Yeah, I don't know. Dude, it's, there are bands that like I hear a song, like one song, and I'm like, holy shit, I got to get more on that train. And the next day, i they're gone. They're out of my head. And then every once in a while, they'll, it'll pop up somewhere. I'll see the name again. Holy shit, I forgot about those guys. I got to check them out. And then pff, gone again. Right? It's fucked. Yeah. like, as, as I feel like the older you get, the tougher it is to get into new bands. But once you folk, like, you know, now it's easy because you can add it to Spotify, right? Or whatever. And then it just lives on your playlist and it pops up every now and then. But at the same time, sometimes I also get just stuck listening to the song that I put on my playlist and I don't check out anymore, you know? Yes. And that's the world we're living in with this oversaturated social media, all these bands, Spotify are suggesting all this shit to you. And, you know, it's wild.
1: And that's what it is, too. I think like everybody's just so fucking sick of people telling them what to do constantly on stuff, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, like do this, do this. Oh, this is how you have to be. This is how you have to be. You have to listen to this. <laughs> be punk rock. You have to listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. No stuff like that. And I think that it's kind of like people block it out now because they, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's weird, man. So it's a, it's a weird, weird time of life <laughs> to be alive.
0: The internet has made everything anymore. very strange. You know what I mean? Cause you and I yeah. are old enough to remember a time when there was no internet and then the infancy of the internet and then what it's become, you know, in the last 20 years, like yep, what a weird place we're in, you know what I mean? And what's it going to look like in 20 more years, you know?
1: And, and it's crazy because like with kids, I have a 12 year old and a nine year old Yeah, and they've always known the internet, you know? Yeah. So it's, they they don't have any other time in life to compare what life was like without it
3: yeah.
2: and
1: how like the world was without it. Um, and I I'm going to tell you this right now. I it's gonna suck, man. Like in ten years for you. Oh like yeah. After you have after you have your kid and your kids like totally in the social media. Yep. And ten years from now, you and I are even gonna be grumpier about it <laughs> and we're gonna be like oh dude, yeah.
0: I'm a pretty grumpy guy as it is. So I can just imagine when my daughter starts <laughs> getting to those years where, you know, like she's going to be on Instagram posting. Well, if Instagram's still a thing, who knows what the next fucking thing will be. Uh, TikTok, who knows, right? But when she starts yep. posting her own pictures and the boys start sniffing around, I'm going to be, I don't even know how I'm going to handle that. I'm fine.
1: Fu- <laughs> I'm scared of that old, time. Man. 12 years old is the age. That is it right there. Yeah. Man. Watch out for 12.
0: I will it's enjoy the first 12, 12 years then. <laughs> Please
1: do. Enjoy it. Enjoy it as much as possible because yeah. my son's nine and he's still awesome. Well, my daughter's awesome too. Oh, not course, gonna yeah. say He's not <laughs> awesome, but, but man, she a handful. Yeah. He just hates everything and everyone and yeah. her parents are super lame now. Yeah. And it, it's sad. <laughs> it sucks. I, I always remember, like, like, cherish those times like with your kids and like just like show them all that love. Yeah. I... I always told my daughter, I was like, one day you're not going to act like this. Word. One day you're going to despise me. One day you're going to be embarrassed. So, yeah. Dude, it, it, I can't take her anywhere because she's like, Are you going with your hair like that? <laughs> <laughs> like, she, she's absolutely like disgusted by me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it happens. You don't even have to do anything. No. She's like, uh, Brush your hair today. I brush my hair like once a week. Come on.
0: The uh speaking of the fam, you know, we're, we're starting to, like I said, we're an hour and a half in now, pretty much. Uh, I want to talk about the the uh rad wagon and how you've been Yeah. What how did you guys decide to just pack up the whole fam and then just take these big long road trips and and what are they like for you guys? Like is it is it tough getting it done with two younger kids in tow? Every
1: single one has been awesome. Yeah. Like every, every road trip that we've taken, family has been great. Mm. Um, it, it, the big road trip started
3: off in a rad wagon a couple of years ago. Well, we would go.
1: Trying, I'm trying to think like what came first here. We <laughs> took the kids down to fest in Florida. We didn't take them too fast. We had family like in Florida that we dropped them off. Oh, and that okay. was kind of like probably the first road trip. But they were really, really young men. But the the big first, like, crazy road trip was the one out to California like two years ago or three years or however Mm. many years ago it was. Mm. Probably three because two years ago nobody was doing anything. Yeah. Um, And we just packed up. We took like two weeks, three weeks or something. And we made it. We had a destination for like Mountain City or Mountain Whatever, California. Yeah. Anybody from California that listens is gonna be like, "Oh, fuck that, dude. He doesn't know." <laughs> um, I don't think anyone's wherever, gonna blame like, you. Big, yeah, <laughs> Wherever, wherever the last warp ah like, uh, Okay, that was our destination, right? And right. we just picked out places that we wanted to be along. With. And and it's always about showing showing the kids like what there is to offer on this earth, like yeah you know we don't have to be stuck in illinois with flat land and nothing going on and ugly landscape and asshole people that just care about themselves yeah you want them to get a sense of of what's out there what you can experience if you just leave and and make yourself do it so we would spend like a day here a day there like we saw so much cool stuff man like, oh yeah you know up to the rocky mountains and then grand canyon um, canyon lands utah california like stopped in la for a few days when we stayed with holly and
2: mm, went
1: went up north to like san francisco drove back out through utah There's like just such beautiful landscape everywhere oh, just, yeah! like being able to see stuff we went to like Wyoming to like Yellowstone National oh, wow. Park and 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 the kids have loved it.
3: Yeah, and
1: I I don't know if they're going to like it less as they get older. But my daughter, she she still likes it, and that's mm. always when I'm scared. She would be like, I don't want to go somewhere <laughs> with my family in a yeah. car for eighty <laughs> hours. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but we just went out to then we just went out to Colorado for like between Christmas and New Year's. Right, she was still all about the road trips then and it was nice to do that because usually on these road trips we get like one day per place and we don't get to see as much but we actually spent like three days in denver and then three days at this park like up in the rockies so we were able to like explore more and see more and she loved it she loved denver she she has her like uh golden birthday this year on on july 13th so she's like i want to by my golden birthday, I want to bring a friend to Denver and oh, we wow. can come out here. And, you know, it's, it's cool for her to like see a new place that yeah, she yeah. loves and wants to spend more time in. It's yeah, it's really cool. And I, I just love road tripping with them. Right. And I told them this year, like, any event that I do, I want them to be able to come with me. You know, and if they awesome. can't, that's fine. Yeah. But I, I really want them to be able to like travel with me. Because uh, what I find is that I have somebody travel with me and i miss my family yeah. i have a friend to hang out with or whatever but I'm like my family is missing seeing yeah. what i'm seeing right now you right. know and it would probably um calm me down a little bit too because if i get away from my family i go to atlantic city new jersey and i'm going to party you know yeah, so you yeah. drink for, <laughs> for 48 hours yeah. straight yeah so you know it would be nice to have them there to kind of like restrain (laughs) because i don't trust myself to not do it So
0: yeah keep you in check a little bit
1: yeah exactly but but yeah it's every everything's about being able to to show them what's out there yeah
0: totally so how long was the like how long are the trips usually like how long the the california one how long did that take you to go all the way there and back
1: um i i we did it over i think 20 days oh wow wow yeah that's awesome! It's, that's it's, a hell of a it's trip. A, it's a long haul, dude. Yeah. We, uh, this this last spring, we actually went to Arizona. We drove to Arizona, yep. and that's because my grandma moved down there, and it was her 80th birthday. And my dad was like, "Hey, do you guys want to come down to Arizona? Um, we'll pay for your hotel, whatever." Sick. <coughs> and like, oh yeah, these like a free road trip. They like paid some of my gas, or like we could either get you airfare, or we can use the airfare for gas if you want to drive it so right. let's drive i drove 22 hours straight to uh to <laughs> new mexico uh, santa fe new mexico was right. was the first time i stopped driving we went to <laughs> santa fe new mexico for a few days um you know explored there and then went to arizona back up through like moab utah and it's there's just so much cool shit man and, and i hate being stuck here like yeah. me and my wife talk about constantly about moving somewhere yeah. more scenic and yeah we were watching uh we were watching a netflix documentary today called murder mountain it's about like northern california where they grow all the like legal weed yeah yeah it's yeah. like outlaws up there and stuff yeah oh, that does look beautiful we can move to murder <laughs> mountain like anything's better than where we're at like do you do ever do you ever like despise where you live or anything or <sighs> all, it's a the, pretty cool all there. the time
0: man like my wife and i talk about that all the time and the biggest fucking thing is that all of our families here. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's so hard to uproot yourself. She works for for a, a big company. She works for a company called Stantec, which is like an engineering firm. It's like a worldwide engineering firm. She's in their mm-hmm. HR department there, and she can she could literally work. She works from home, so she could literally work from anywhere in the world, and, anywhere, and not yeah. change a thing about her job. Um, but for me, like like for the job that I do, and I'll tell you afterwards, off off mic. I don't like saying it on mic, but like. Uh, you know I, I work for a city I work for a municipality and it's it's hard to find those jobs unless you if you like if you go outside of your geographical area it's tough to get back into that and at forty it's tough to to now consider a whole different career and change you know what I mean so hard but we talk yeah, and- about it all the time like California we would love to live in California like a little some little sleepy town like or not sleepy town but like a town like Santa Ana which is only like an hour from from LA, but it's still in that part of the world or, or like Utah or Arizona or somewhere where it's Mm -hmm. warm all the time. And, you know, like it's summer all year round. When I was a kid, we went to Florida a lot. Like we, my dad had a friend, a good friend that lived in Florida in Boca Raton and we would take many trips. And I spent about six months down there. My dad went and worked in the States for about six months and we spent a Christmas in Florida in Boca Raton. And just like I, I got up, like I, I have these memories of that whole week leading up to Christmas and New Year's and stuff, and swimming every morning, like mm-hmm. literally out of bed, swim trunks on in the pool. Like, you can't do that shit here. <laughs> it's impossible. No,
1: man. And we have, we have like Lake Michigan here, but you know, I live pretty close to Lake Michigan, which is pretty much an ocean, but it's not an ocean. No, it's not the same. Know?
2: Yeah. It's not the no, same.
1: No, it's not. And my daughter's like super like beach girl, like, we that was another road trip we took this year too was down in Florida yeah and every day man just wanted to be on the beach and just like hanging out in yeah. the ocean and stuff yeah and, and I mean Illinois has Chicago but I'm not really much of a city person yeah. as me neither landscape you know yep. like just beauty around me that's yep. that's what it's about and I me could too. I could bring Super rad wherever I could pack it up yeah wherever you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, My wife could work from home, but like you said, you hit that, like, 40, and it's just such a hard thing to think about, like, actually, like, doing it. And especially, so, you're going to have a kid, and if you were to do it, like, it would have to be, like, now, because, man, once they start making their friends, start their schools and their school districts, like, that's the hardest part. Yeah it's bringing yourself around to it. But then when your kids love the people that they I know, know
0: I know makes it the hardest part, dude. Yeah. I know. And and that's why like, even we've even talked about just getting out of this city. Cause the city we live in when she and I grew up in this city, she's, she's uh, almost four years older than I am, but we both remember a time when uh, Cambridge, which is where I live was, was a lot smaller. It felt like a small town. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not like that anymore. It's just, more and more people are moving here from what's called the greater Toronto area, like all the, all the stuff surrounding the big city. And they're migrating this way because houses at a, at one time were much cheaper here than they were in, in Mississauga or Toronto, but you could still yeah. work in those bigger cities and pay a way smaller mortgage and live here and, and do the 45 minute, one hour commute to work there and back. Right. And now it's just starting to get overwhelmed with, you know, what I like, big city folk or whatever, you know, I mean, moving down this way and buying up all the houses and it's driven our values up. So we're like, hey, let's fuck off to another city like half hour, 45 minutes yeah. from here. And my wife's just like, no, all our family's here. If we move that much if we move that farther away, it's that much farther of a commute to see them and you know, I just it's tough, you know.
1: You just got to start hating your family, man, <laughs> and your house. <laughs> that's the out
2: that's the way to, that's you know? the way to
1: beat it yeah yeah it is you know every, every once in a while you know your family pisses you off and yeah. you're like why the fuck are we here we always say it's for family but fuck them yeah. you yeah. know sorry sorry, mom <laughs> if you're listening to this you're cool <laughs> dad you won't listen to it so fuck off
0: <laughs> do you still have a good relationship with your folks do you like speaking of like relationships with family are, do you see them a lot still and
1: yeah my mom dude my mom's been super helpful yeah, since I moved into the shop, she's like, "Oh, what can I help you with?" I'll send her home with like boxes of shirts that we print, the fold, and nice. That's <laughs> like all the mundane stuff that I hate doing. <laughs> Not all. that. I, there's so much shit I hate doing, but yeah. I do like yeah. sewing fuzies. Oh my god, that's the so fucking worst. But yeah, she she <laughs> she lives she lives in Wisconsin actually, like ten minutes from my shop. Oh, so yeah, I'm I'm literally right in between my grandma and her house. Yeah, so every time she like goes. Sees my grandma. She stops by and says hi. Oh, cool. Um I see my dad here and there. He lives
0: not too far.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I yeah,
0: yeah, I hear you. It's, yeah, yeah, man, you know. I, I know that feeling of having that <laughs> that relationship yeah. with your parents. It's like, meh. Like, I I love my folks, but like, you know, I COVID has been sort of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> I don't see them as much as I used to. And it kind of yeah. is nice because when you, you do see them it doesn't feel like you're just there for the sake of being there. You're actually spending some quality time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before you have to and take that's off it. Again.
1: Like I, I'm actually going to see my dad today. He's going to yeah. be at my brother's house. We're watching the, the Green Bay Packers playoff game. So yeah. Yeah. we're uh, all going over there. My son's a big Packers fan. So Yeah.
0: So Speaking we'll of. we see and go. Yeah, totally. Speaking of big, you said big Packers fan. It jogged my memory in a question I wanted to ask you. How big of a guy are you? Because in every post you have on your Instagram, you look like literally like a giant. <laughs> it's so funny
1: because I think like every post with me, I'm next to Mike and he's, he's like a short dude, he's like <laughs> yeah. a skinny dude. He yeah. wears like a size smaller medium. I'm like a 2X guy, yeah. Yeah. you know? So, but I, I'm, I'm like 6'2", 280 pounds. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, wear, you're a big you dude. Know, size, size 15 shoes and everything. Holy so shit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not small by any means. There's yeah. very, very rare times where it you don't realize how tall you are until somebody's taller than you <laughs> yeah. and you have to look up to them and be like holy shit is this like how everybody has to look up to me yeah you know and then you start putting things in perspective because you you know you just that's you you're that tall but yeah for a tall person to have somebody taller than you it's a really weird thing yeah I got this like friend, his name's Paul called Doug. He's in the band, the Ridge which is mm. awesome. Mm. And he, he's like four inches taller than me. Yeah. And it's so bizarre. I'm like, when I talk to him, like do people have to like talk <laughs> up to me all the time. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm much, uh, much heftier than I was <laughs> back in my teen years. You know, I, I weigh like hundred and, 20 more pounds that i did at yeah. the same height when i was 16 so right. i was like skin and bones back then no, i'm just you did know. you play sports
0: I, then with that height like were you like playing basketball or anything at that time or
1: <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> no no <not> at all.
1: <laughs> there, was, there was there was no sports
0: going on yeah. in my life well me neither
1: I skateboarded I just, yeah skateboarded bmx bike you know all those fun things that yeah. you did when you when you love punk rock <laughs> yep. and uh yeah but that's about it. I, I actually bought myself a new BMX bike a few years ago. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was until I realized how out of shape I am now, yeah. and yeah, all that stuff. But I bought my kids snowboards last week. Nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start snowboarding again. I hope. Yeah. After my back feels better. At yeah. Least.
0: So fun, man! Snowboarding, snowboarding. I've had yeah. the worst injuries of my life. Snowboarding. I, I, my back is fucked from tweaking it really bad on like our local little shit hill where we built a little kicker jump and, and I twisted my back so bad when I was like 16 and it's just fucked forever, you know, like, and I know like twice a year, once, twice a year, I pull it and I know I'm fucked for two weeks. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of an injury. It doesn't matter how much I strengthen it or try to like do these stretches. No, it's fucked. And, uh, and like yeah i wasn't a sports guy myself either but like those those more like quote unquote extreme sports you know what i mean like i was i did a sport that is very obscure now but was pretty popular at the time which was like uh they call it like aggressive rollerblading like you know like basically like skateboarding yeah, style aggressive tricks aggressive yeah aggressive inline, yep. right and uh yeah and i you know i loved that when i was a kid and i still did it into my i kind of lost touch with it kind of like i did with punk and then started doing it in my 30s again and then Fuck my knee up real bad, like blew up my ACL. And so that's the end of that. I know
1: what happened. <laughs> I know what happened there with the stop, stopping with the inline and stopping yeah. with the punk rock. Yeah. You listen to that gutter mouth song about inline skaters <laughs> and you were like, fuck punk rock. I'm I don't know which way to go on it. Fuck them both. There was so much hate. No, no.
0: But it doesn't surprise me because there was so much hate for it even back then. Like we hung out yeah. with a lot of skateboarders because you know, you're all in that same kind of community. Like, even though they shit on you and joke, joke about what you what's what type of wheels, form of wheels are under your feet, <laughs> they they still had like a bad hate on for it because the whole industry was the skateboarding industry was terrified of the rollerblading industry because it was taking over. It's just like yeah. just kind of in the similar way that they're scared of scootering now.
1: Scooters. Yeah. Yeah, the scooter kids, man. Yeah. My man. kids are
0: whatever. Well, it, it's like <laughs> it's the new thing it's becomes what people what becomes popular right so and that's it it becomes yeah. popular and you at least have to like respect people for their
1: athletic abilities yeah. on it. if nothing you know like
0: yeah totally and i mean like it, it was just funny how much hate there was for it and then now like it, it's during the pandemic rollerblading and just rollerblading in general for fitness and shit made like a resurgence because people were just looking for yeah. any fucking thing to do to keep themselves busy And all of a sudden, our industry, and I say our industry, like the rollerblading industry, it's probably only like, you know, a million people worldwide, roughly, that do it now, right? Compared to like tens of millions back in the day. But um, it had this big influx of money. And so these companies have started to produce better products. And and I just wish I had the ability to still do it. And I don't. (laughs) But speaking of, like you said, you're going to get back into snowboarding. My knee won't support snowboarding, I don't think, because I haven't had my ACL fixed. But (laughs) I recently bought a longboard thinking... I'll just yeah. get a longboard and cruise around. So it came just, <laughs> just after Christmas, and I went for it. It was dry here. There was no snow on the road. I took it out. I was out there for 10 minutes, and I felt like I was going to fucking die. I'm like, I am yeah. so out of shape. It is unbelievable. Well, that's what you're saying with the bike, right? You feel so out of shape.
1: Yeah. Because you try to, like, get that youthfulness back. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I remember I used to be able to, like, hit this jump and do a 360 off it on a bike. Let's try now at 120 <laughs> more pounds than I was doing it back then. Yeah. And I, I fucked my ankle up so bad oh, trying God. it. Like, I could do a 180 still. What about a 360? No, can't do it. So, so it would be interesting to see if I try to, like, um, impress my kids or not when when they're learning <laughs> snowboarding. Yeah. I, I I need to, like, dial it back from what I want to do and what I can do to right. what I think I can do, yeah. you know? Because I'll push myself to try to do this shit yeah. because I'm very good at pushing myself to accomplish things that I want to yeah. accomplish Yeah. to prove points, especially to my kids who probably think I don't really know how to snowboard because <laughs> they never <laughs> see me do it. Right. Um, I mean, who the hell knows? Maybe I can't anymore.
0: <laughs> I think you'll be okay with snowboarding as long as your joints are okay, like your 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 knees and your ankles. You know what I mean? Like, Like I said, I have no ACL, so I can't even fathom snowboarding because your your feet are in the bindings they're they're stuck in there so if you twist yeah there's no protecting your ankle your your uh knee at all right like it's gonna oh yeah for you're sure. gonna it's gonna hurt like i'm gonna feel that it's if gonna i to mess it up it. yeah so yeah. snowboarding for me is out but for a guy like you i'm sure you can do it and if you if you actually like that's the thing that kept me uh fit when i was younger were all these sports, right? Like my dad yeah, always wanted yeah. me to be like a soccer player. Cause like, you know, he's, he's Portuguese. He's from Portugal moved here when he was like, you know, young, like in his, before he was like 10, I think they moved to Canada. But, but, you know, he's big into soccer and, you know, like he loves hockey as well. You know, being like growing up most of his life in Canada, he loves hockey and wanted me to play hockey. And I just, I wasn't interested, man. You know, it just wasn't my yeah. thing but that shit kept me fit. And I don't think they really realized that they supported me and they bought me the shit that I wanted and the gear to, to to stay in the sports that I wanted to do. But they, I think my dad especially always wanted me to play like a team sport and it just wasn't my thing, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. I never got pushed to do anything in life. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I got to, I got to just like, you know, college, college was for, uh, for rich people. It yeah. Never, never, never pushed on me. Never something that was an opportunity after high school, yeah. which I didn't even finish either. But yeah, you know, actually, yeah. when I met when I met my wife and started dating my wife, i was like, oh yeah, I got to go to class or whatever. And I was going to like it was called for adult high school diploma. Yeah. but she didn't know. I was like, oh, I got to go to class. <laughs> I was like, I have to go to this one for this class and this one for for another class. And she was like, oh. <laughs> And one was like a DUI class and one was a high school class at (laughs) at 21 years old. Yeah. You know, she, she found a real winner there. So (laughs) yeah,
0: I I didn't go to college either. I just, and it's not that my parents didn't want me to go. They wanted me to go, but I just, you're coming out of high school. You have no fucking idea what you want to do with your life. At least I didn't, you know, And, and I had counselors saying, well, If you don't know what you want to do with your life, you should probably think about a trade. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a trade, but I also don't want to go to sit in a classroom for something that I may not even want to do with my life after I get out. Like, you know how many people I know that went to college or university for like art degrees and they've got pretty high level art degrees. You know what they're doing now? A lot of them are painting houses. It's like, okay, so you spent four, well, two years, three years, whatever the program was in a college or university, and now you're painting fucking houses. Like I could do that shit and without spending a dollar on college, you know what I mean. It just, it just seemed like a exactly. waste of time for me, you know. And now I kind of wish that I had gone, thought about it more, and had gone for something.
1: Yeah, in, in hindsight, in hindsight, when you're like, yeah, man,
0: I really wish I could like support
1: my family better or something like that. You know, that's always the hope for student rat that it grows enough to be able to. And it is, you know, my yeah, my nine to five or you yeah. know twenty four seven hours six. 365 days a week mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
3: is and there's it's
1: it's always like an like okay cool like finally made some money this week i can pay myself a little bit but yeah it hasn't been you know anything steady for me and yeah it's always the hope like you know it, it keeps building and <laughs> if i stop taking these working capital loans maybe i won't have to pay them back right yeah. i'll actually make some money and you know Things go good enough to where you are optimistic, and then there's times where you're yeah. just like, "Why am I doing this? I right. could go to McDonald's. I could work at McDonald's and make more money than I make here." Literally, yeah. like, but I it could. wouldn't be but something you'd,
0: you'd want to do, you know? It just no, wouldn't exactly. Yeah, and, and you're that, on a good arc, man. Me. Like you're on a good yeah. arc. Like from what I've seen, like, like, like I said, I, I always dive back as deep as I can into people's social media and kind of get a sense of of how these things have progressed, whether it's a band or or a small business if I talk to someone who owns a small business and kind of see where they were at when they started, where they're at now. And looking at yours, you're definitely on this upward swing where you're getting more and more attention. You're working with more bands. And it seems like like your own products are taking off. You put shit up and it's just gone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you put stuff up for sale with the stupid rad. Is it Scully? You call that? that Scully. Yeah. yeah. You put Scully on yeah. something and boom, it's all sold out. So that looks yeah. like to me, it looks like you're on a super arc, and I know nothing about fucking business. I know, like, who am I? But me neither, me neither, man. <laughs> but you seem to be on a good track, is what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, it, it does, and and it seems that it's better than ever, and things are going good, and people are really, you know, supportive. I it, it's just all about people being supportive, and yeah, I, I never, I never want to be like, biased because you need to support me. I, I just want them to buy it because they enjoy like what yeah. we're doing. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not a salesperson. I mm. don't want people to buy the stuff out of guilt or anything, you know, even yeah. though sometimes like I'll make a post like, Oh, my family is hungry. Somebody buy a t-shirt. you know, <laughs> just, that's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. but it, I'm, I'm, I'm never serious about shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, uh, act stupid, have
0: fun, <laughs> and, you know, like <laughs> the yeah. world needs more people like you because I feel like everybody nowadays is too fucking serious. Everybody takes themselves too Everybody's serious. Everybody's so damn
1: serious, yeah. right? Yeah. It's terrible, man. And and it sucks being like the kind of person I am because I, I think it's like frowned upon by a lot of people. Like I'm in a school district with, with where I live is like everybody thinks they're better than everybody. And you know, it's I'm just here because this is where we moved the landscape company to when we bought my uncle's company right. and there was land and you know, that's, that's where I ended up. I yeah. never wanted to live. There it was never a choice. It was just what happened. Yeah. Necessity. And, yeah. And luckily we found like two cool families to hang out with, you know, that both like punk rock. And that's nice. very strange for here because everybody, you know, drives a better car than everybody. Yeah. and yeah. Everybody wants a bigger house and pay like, Eleven thousand dollars in property tax a year, Jesus, and, it, and they keep doing it. Like I'm unincorporated; I yeah. don't have that. Thank God. But yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it, like my daughter probably has the right to be embarrassed by how I <laughs> come across <laughs> to her friends and her friends' parents because just because of like the social norm of where I live.
0: you yeah. know? yeah.
1: It's, but she's it's gonna not like
0: but she's going to hit an age one day where she's going to realize that you were the coolest one of the whole fucking town or whatever. Or you and the other two families that listen to punk were the coolest ones because you did what you wanted to do and not what the fucking norm was.
1: I was able to have a lifestyle to be who I was, to be who like, look how I want it to look. And it didn't matter because I never had to fit into a different mold for anybody else for a different job or anything like that. And I was able to do it. I mean, like I like to say successfully because to be rad, you know, I, I yeah. send stuff worldwide, so yes. that's pretty cool. Yes. Like, you know, I,
3: it's, it's, they don't know it,
1: but and I'm I'm not even going to say, it cause I feel like such a <laughs> douche saying it, but like people around the world know their dad and they yeah, don't yeah. get that.
0: You don't. That doesn't I, I, make you sound like a douche at all. That is like it's, imp- it's an impressive thing. I, I never thing. want to it's talk a... myself up, you
1: know. <laughs> I, I hate like trying to make myself sound cool because people know what super rad is. You no, know? but but that's not. Um, I,
0: you're, I don't think that's <laughs> what you're doing. I I think you definitely okay. have earned that that uh, feeling of pride in in that in knowing that people around the world are buying your shit that you're producing merch yeah. for some of these bands that people that are huge that people really love and i think that's an accomplishment you should be proud of man and if you're if you're not maybe not as successful as you'd like to be yet i think i think you're fucking on the way man honestly thanks dude i appreciate that uh, i think uh i think that's a good place for us to stop man it's it's an out, we're almost at two hours here which is unbelievable the time just flies yeah. when we do this and i, and I always <laughs> it say really this does, man. like i could yeah. keep talking
1: for like ever i i don't i never have anybody to talk to so well, I, I feel bad for the people who get stuck talking to me because then I just, like, <laughs> let everything out. Because I literally, like... I talk to my wife for, like, five minutes about something. Yeah. She's like, okay, you're boring.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I would do this. You're the only person. I swear to God, I would do this for, like... Because I often, like, after we stopped... And I'm and I'm going to do this with you. I'm going to ask you to stick around while I, you know, do the wrap-up. And then we'll have a little proper goodbye afterwards. and And I often... Yeah. After the fact, talk to the guests for at least another half hour, 45 minutes, an hour sometimes. And I would make the episode longer, but I just feel like people out there have such a small fucking attention span to even have a two hour podcast. And a lot of guests are scared of that two hours. I say, listen, can you, can you? you know, can you please a lot, two hours at the least? Because it go everything goes by so quick and we have so many topics to cover. And they're often like, oh, well, yeah. uh, oh, I don't know if I can go that long. And then they end up talking to me for like 45 minutes after it's over because I've had to <laughs> cut it off sure. at two hours, you know? So um, yeah. that's the only reason I cut it off at two hours. And I think we're going to end it there. But, but definitely don't go away. I definitely want to talk to you a little bit more and, and say a proper goodbye to you. But... We do have lots more to talk about. And I want to know what's happening in the future with Stupid Rad. So why don't you come back and do a part two at some point? I'll reach out to you down the road. Maybe it's six, eight months, a year from now. And let's do another one. Yeah.
1: That would be perfect. Yeah. Hopefully, in that time, I have some things happen that I'm hoping happen within the next couple months.
0: Yep. Yeah. The first one is always like... I haven't done too many part twos. But the first one is always kind of like... like, a, let's get like sort of the the base shit down. You know what I mean? Learn a bit about each yeah, other. Yeah, let's get
1: acquainted get yeah. to know about get the what's guests, been going
0: on. Get the guests, uh, you know, like wording out of what it is they do. But then the next one is more like just like a friendly catch-up chat. You know what I mean? And that's more what I'd like yeah. this thing to be. So let's definitely do a part two, man. I would love to. Awesome, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, brother. It was awesome to meet, like meeting you and talking to you. Um, I'm glad we got to set it up because, like I said, I've been wanting to do it for a long while. So, thank you for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm,
1: dude. I'm, I'm, I'm really flaky sometimes. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, dude. That's <laughs> so nice. Like, so like with with everything I have going on, like when I get overwhelmed, yes. I just like throttle stuff back, and I'm like, I can't even like try to like entertain this right now because if I do it's just gonna like <laughs> that's gonna be like the final like the the final pin right here yeah. that causes the stroke you know no, I know
0: the feeling man <laughs> I've almost tanked this podcast a number of times because I don't release regularly because I get overwhelmed with life and how much busy like how busy I get with work throughout the winter and and then I'm just like ah, yeah. I could record this weekend or I could put my feet up for a fucking day and catch up on some TV shows and shit right and then I think Nobody cares about this thing. I'm just going to shut it down. But then I just did two this weekend. I'm working on doing a third. Yeah, I'm working on doing a third this weekend. And I love it. It's like, I just talked to you for two hours. You were great. Rami from Cigar yesterday was fucking great. Like, you know, I love doing it. And I should not try to sabotage myself going forward.
1: It's it's that whole thing where when you're doing it, it is amazing. When when, When you're in the process of doing everything, when I'm out like at events and stuff, I love it. But man, there's like those weeks that are slow, and you're just like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I, I, why am I doing this? I have to pay rent in this place now. I have yeah. to, you know, like put all this overhead and, yeah, for what? <laughs> you know, like for the stress? Like no, I'm, for your passion. really for, for your is, passion. I know it is. It is you know, I, but, but it is, it, you know, you get, you get those like super depressive bouts sometimes where it's like, this is stupid, yeah. you know? Yeah. And because, because you see it out of your own eyes, you don't see it out of other people's eyes. Yeah. If you don't have, and I think that's what helps like going to events and like meeting, people, meeting up with the people and like going to festivals and having them come and talk to you. Like you get that sense of what you're doing matters again, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And and when you're talking to people, you get that sense. Like people are talking to me. This is awesome. You yeah. know, like, Yeah when you're not doing it you're just like what the fuck am i doing (laughs) yeah
0: exactly exactly and like and i and i think about it i often think about like like and again i've said it a million times but like rami yesterday like uh you know he's an older guy he's older than me but he's making wicked punk rock music that i really respect in in the writing uh their writing process and how good their songs are and when i first thought about reaching out to him i got this excitement like what if he says, yes, I get to ask him all these questions. I get to interact with him on like a level. Like we're kind of like friends, you know what I mean? And then, yep. then there's the anxiety of, Oh shit. Is he really going to be friendly? Or am I going to come across like a douche? Is he not going to like me? And then we just hit it off. And it's like, I forget called call. Yeah. I'm like, my energy level is through the roof, man. Like I didn't go to bed till 2am last night. I was just fucking soaring. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. exactly. And, and, and even like doing this, like it, it boosts my confidence, like that somebody cares enough to want to talk to me about this. Oh. like it's awesome because like I said, like this shit started from nothing, man. (laughs) And, and and I have no business dealing with the people I work with. (laughs) Like, and that's how I always feel. I'm like, I don't know how or why I do, but I do. Yeah. And and I always tell people like, I have no business working with, with some of the bands I love, you know, (laughs) like, what the hell am I doing here?
0: (laughs) Another, another guy I know started like, just like you did with a, with a, A button machine and that's what he called his company the button machine and uh and now he does a lot of like um custom like toronto shirts he lives in toronto but we don't say toronto right we say toronto and so all of his shirts say t-u-r-r-o-n-o toronto right and so it's (laughs) kind of taken off and it's become this thing and he's and then he moved on to like just like you did from buttons to shirts to postcards he does a lot of postcards like like really iconic spots in Toronto that maybe people wouldn't think of as being iconic spots. Like we had this weird kind of like store in Toronto called Honest Eds, which was kind of like a like almost like a department store, but almost like a budget department store sort of. Probably butchering mm-hmm. that, but um but you get the idea, right? And like, you know, Probably like, he, like our big lot here. Yeah. Kind of like the but this was just like that's a chain, right? This was like just one store called like Honest Ed's in Toronto, and it had like exactly. a really well lit up sign with all these like bulbs that flashed, and it was really cheesy, but it was really iconic for Toronto, right? Yeah. And same with the Sky Dome. It's not called the Sky Dome anymore. It's called the Rogers Center. But he still says like he's got patches and pins that say Home is where the dome is, and you know what I mean, things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it's like again, a serious power here, it's yeah. Exactly. Not a power anymore? Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it's funny, like, again, I and I was going to do a podcast with him and it kind of fell off the rails, but, but I'm always enamored with these people that just chase a passion like that. Like you have, so, you know, for you to say like, Oh, you're, you're surprised people want to talk to you. No, like you are doing something that most people don't get to do. You know what I mean? They don't get to chase a dream. They don't get to do something they like every day. And yeah, you're going to have busy days and yeah, you're going to have stressful, stressful months. But you're moving towards something I think that's going to be really good for you and your family in the future. And I wish you all the best, man. I really, I really, again, I really appreciate your time today. And I love talking to you. I think we hit it off famously. (laughs) Yeah, this is great, man. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Don't go away. I want to say a proper goodbye to you, like I said. Um, That's it, everybody, for another episode of the I Got Asked podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you're uh, an ongoing listener, um, if this is your first time listening, please uh, follow the show on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I don't post as much to Facebook anymore, but But if you follow us on Instagram, uh, like the show wherever you listen to it, uh, rate and review the show wherever you listen to it, Uh, hit the subscribe button for me. And if you have any uh, questions for me or if you want to give me any feedback, you can reach out at igapodcast at gmail.com and I'll be happy to uh, go back and forth with you guys uh, on any topic you want. If you have ideas for the show or if you want to be a guest, uh, reach out to me and we'll go from there. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We will uh, see you on the next one.